Now is it time to start the show already? It is almost the weekend, Friday, the 12th of January, 2024. And the Robert Scabell Show is on, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. And sometimes we engage in healing in, in, in different ways, uh, affecting different things or systems. You know, we talk about biological systems, immunological systems, et cetera. But what about emotional issues, mental issues, spiritual issues? economic issues and yeah even political issues we got to do all of that today we've got uh, two guests coming on board i believe first timers on the robert scabell show charlita bassett is joining us uh she's got the free our nation focus and she's running for the united states senate like my friend jonathan emord although she's running in california we'll find out who she's up against and why we support her robert spencer uh, from jihad watch joining us as well to talk about some of the things going on out there as well uh, we got uh, some cancer discussion, more baffled doctors. We got to uh, uh, educate or school. <laughs> and the homeopathic remedy of the day focused on your intestinal health. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. RobertScabbell.com slash listen for the chat room. Say hi. Let us know where you're watching from. And uh, we'll see you in just a moment as we uh, bring that power to heal back to you right about now. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell. Oh, hi, everybody. It's the Friday edition of the Robert Scabell Show. Those of you tuning in live in the, uh, well, the 12th of uh, January, 2024. Glad to have you, well, here with us, me and Super D and guests today as we head into the weekend. Uh, we got a lot to cover as always in the time span we have, uh, I won't say being given, it's the time span we co-create or take. And that is two hours plus when we go into the bonus round and it, we're at robertscabell.com slash listen for the chat room or various social media, digital media platforms where we're not banned. There are a few <laughs> and we're glad you're watching us wherever you are. Rumble, uh, Q streaming. Now, you know, we got a, a broadcast 24 uh, seven, if you will, or close to it. We have the capacity to do that with all the shows we have in archive fashion uh, on Q streaming. And uh, there's a link to that. If you want to plug in and get every, <laughs> every TV channel known to man and pay-per-view for like $59.99 a month. And you don't have to pay extra for pay-per-view. That's crazy. It's awesome, but it's true. It's real. RSB show one, the number one RSB show one dot myqstreaming.com. And it's channel 2495. And it's up on the screen right now. And you guys can do fundraisers for your church, your synagogue, whatever. Everybody's paying for some kind of either cable or online streaming service. And you can now access everything for a better deal and also raise funds for your causes, whatever your causes are. So it's kind of cool. So check that out as well as we start out the show. Again, heading into the weekend here, uh, we've got a lot to discuss. There's a lot going on on planet Earth always. And even if we sometimes uh, delve into uh, the body politic, remember it's always with the principles that I bring or that I've identified that impact our health, your health, my health, the freedom to heal, the freedom to know about healing protocols, methods, substances, energies that our 
Fear and Death Administration, FDA, may not approve of. In fact, if they don't approve of it, you're probably certain it's much safer and more efficacious than anything they do say is like, yep, spot on, good for you. Because that which they provide to you via their approval process is the third, second, or first leading cause of death. That's not being negative. That's me accurately reporting what we know of, the concept of poisoning you back to health from allopathic medicine. It's pharmacia, it's sorcery, and you might want to access it in certain circumstances, but it is battlefield medicine. That is, if you're riddled with bullets, you do want an allopathic doctor to be able to pull those bullets out and patch you up so you can live to fight another day if that's what you're doing. But outside of that, utilizing that form of warfare medicine for chronic diseases, it's absolutely absurd. And those that are really good at modern medicine to save your life when you get hit by a bus, hopefully you don't, but if you did, all credit is due to them for their skill to be able to do that. But if you utilize those same thought forms in saving lives on the battlefield, whether it be an actual declared war or a police action under the United Nations, or whether it be the battlefield of crossing the street without getting hit by something, If you apply the same methods to warfare medicine, to medicine associated with uh, treating what we call chronic diseases, you're only going to create more diseases. Yeah, you might suppress temporarily symptoms, but you'll also contribute to deep-seated chronic diseases, making those that already exist worse, ultimately, and bringing or giving rise to new ones, including the big C word, cancer. We mentioned this briefly yesterday, might have been in the bonus round, But the Wall Street Journal has this article headline, Cancer is Striking More Young People and Doctors Are Alarmed and Baffled. Baffled. Think about that headline. Doctors are baffled. Now, here's the question about what we call journalism. Are there any journalists at the Wall Street Journal And we've seen headlines like this many times before. Doctors baffled, mystified. They don't know. And yet we laud them. We applaud them. We uh, elevate them to exalted status like they're demigods. Remember, it's not an M-deity degree. Medical doctor, medical doctor, right? You, You went through school. You got some training. You got some stuff. But you're baffled by the rise in cancer among children? And then... My targeting now of not the doctors that are baffled, but the reporters that are unable, incapable, or unwilling to ask tough questions. Doc, why are you baffled? What is it that's baffling about the rise of cancer in children? And if they answer, of course, well, I don't know. I'm just, I have no basis for knowing why this is happening. Okay, fine. How about, let's see, the author of this article is Brianna Abbott from the Wall Street Journal. How about Brianna Abbott find the myriad, the many, maybe millions, I maybe that's an exaggeration, but let's say the myriad and the many doctors who are not baffled by the rise in cancer among children. In fact, it's not that difficult. We've interviewed, I've interviewed dozens, if not hundreds in my time on in broadcast media. And yet, they're baffled, and that's it. You're leaving us with, well, doctors are baffled, so there's no way no one knows, anyone knows, despite the fact that there are doctors that are not baffled. 
Now, some may be homeopaths like me. Some may be naturopaths, herbalists, chiropractors. There may even be some medical. In fact, there are some medical doctors and doctors of osteopathic medicine, MDs and DOs, that are not baffled by the rise of cancer in children. So it's a little different focus for me as I look at this article and go, oh, we could focus on doctors being dumb. They're not dumb. I mean, they've got probably decent IQ. They are they have a capacity for memorization to get through school, medical school, et cetera. But they don't know what is making children sick or how to identify these children who are at high risk. Now, if they pay lip service to some of the things we'll, we'll give them props for, less physical activity, more ultra-processed foods, new toxins have raised the risk. If you say that, then how are you baffled? If are, there are any doctors referenced in this article that actually acknowledge the lifestyle issues, the chronic toxicological burdens, exposures to poor uh, synthetically grown uh, chemically processed foods, wouldn't that belie the headline that doctors are baffled? Wouldn't that acknowledge that some of these doctors actually know that there's a cause and effect link between diet, lifestyle, et cetera? Super well, Don, help me I, out here. I like this one here. You've got uh, Dr. Andrea Sursek. Yes. Who co-directs a program for early onset gastrointestinal cancer patients at Memorial Sloan Kettering's Cancer Center. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, well, you know, it's likely some environmental change. Maybe it's something in our food. <laughs> Our medications or something we haven't yet identified. Yeah, way to commit. Um, wait a minute. Who are you? Are, are, what are your qualifications, doctor? Is she a doctor? Is she, she co-directs the program. I'm assuming she has some kind of medical training. She works for, for uh, Sloan Kettering, right? Yeah, are right. you telling me they didn't teach you in medical school what can happen when you eat crap? <laughs> Or, yeah. or you take pharmaceutical drugs. But do you uh, like the way she, she wouldn't commit to it, even though it's, it would for us be a moment of duh, a myriad it, of moments of duh when you get down to it. It's like, but, but yeah. maybe it could be, it might be. I'm not sure. Maybe it's, we haven't discovered. It's embarrassing. Could be you know, snorting no asbestos. I don't know. Maybe could be. Maybe not. I don't know. Is this why I call it a medical degree? I mean, you ain't using the sense God gave you if you can't commit to, hey, the food is poison and toxic. The drugs we give them, poison, toxic. The lifestyles we're leading, sedentary lifestyle, on and on it goes. The hydration habits, the chemicals, and all of that. I wonder if that creates chromosomal changes resulting in, uh, you know, aberrant genetic manifestations, protein synthesis uh, aberrations. You know, then we get into mRNA and we see what we call, even doctors are calling turbo cancers happening. What is this age factor related uh, thing? No, let, me, let, me let me direct you to my favorite favorite part of the article. And, yeah. and we can, like I said, we talked about this in bonus time yesterday, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hot on the trail of checking out this, this microplastic situation, which is there, you know, they're, they're starting to discover they're or, you know, right. uh, investigate now. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, it took me about 10 minutes yeah. to find out that the uh, use of plastics back in the 70s, exploded. Uh, and suddenly everything was in plastic. Uh, the food was in plastic. The drinks were in plastic. The storage containers were in plastic. Everything was in plastic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that started in the mid-70s. 
And if you look at this this cool little red line here that goes up on the graph, it shows the spike in gastrointestinal cancers in young people. Yeah. And so you've got the doctor scratching the head. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, the, we just covered the study uh, yesterday, what, a couple days ago now. Yeah. Uh, where, it, you know, they're finding out that these microplastics are causing huge problems. And it's in everything. And, uh, you know, a liter of bottled water that you'd buy at Walmart has a quarter of a million microplastic nanoparticles in it. And these plastics are giving off chemicals like BPA and phthalates, you know, all these things, endocrine disruptors, causing thyroid problems and autoimmune problems and all of these things. And yet the, the doctor's like, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's it's genetics maybe or something. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. You know? And, and well, so it's, I, I'm it, telling it, you, it, the microplastic situation is something that is going to, I, I predict, is going to be a big deal. It's going to be the next big thing that yeah, people are, are going to be It's a very real causal at. factor, Super Don. And if I sound exasperated sometimes, like I feel like I do today, opening with this story, it's like, you know, you want to pull your hair out. You're like, we're still paying attention to the allopathic medical community that poisons people that that have cancer, right? With with such toxic chemistry, chemicals, that it would kill and could and does, it could kill a healthy person. And we're going to give that to someone with an immune dysfunction, immune weakness with cancer. Also, they, what, do radiotherapy or radiation, ionizing radiation, known to what? Which causes? What? Which causes? Oh, yeah. Chrom known to cause chromosomal damage, DNA cancer. damage. Cancer. You have cancer? Let's, yeah. let's do radiation to... And granted, there may be a, a time and a place for removing of a tumor that is impacting function of, of other uh, systems or organs. But even prior to the time they get there, what do they do? They do puncture biopsies, right? Needle biopsies of these tumors that suddenly open up the tumor that had been walled off because the immune system had some functional capacity to do so. You have a cancer tumor and they inject or Re, unject, inject, unject. They pull stuff out, and yet they open that tumor up, and now these cancer cells spread. You know, it was contained. Now it's not contained. So all of these methods that the MDTs utilize creates more hazardous problems, more potential cancer, degeneration, and even death. Chemotherapy does not cure cancer. It attacks and kills every cell in your body, and they hope the cancer cells are eradicated before the rest and, of your body and dies. And then what you've got is you've got the people who have cancer mm -hmm. that take chemotherapy, and they just happen to be the lucky ones that happen to survive the onslaught of the chemotherapy and the treatment, and they go, look, it works. Well, what about the people that <laughs> the people that the treatment killed, right? Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry. No, I, I, look, that's why, again, there's a number of factors with this story. One, doctors are baffled. It's like if you're a reporter, if we can find doctors, and we have for years, that are not baffled by this, how are you, how are you just make a headline like that unless you're paid very well not to go to the doctors that actually are not baffled and will say, yes, it's not maybe. Oh, those are the disinformation people, Robert. Oh, we yeah, can't put right. that. No, we can't write articles about them in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, incredible. Those are the misinformation. The disinformation doesn't. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. But that's what we're dealing with here. You know what we need to do? We need to get people in Senate uh, that, yeah. will, that will take this kind of stuff on, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think so. You know, and we look and in, 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 uh, look, I'll acknowledge, especially for new folks, I don't think the only thing we can do is to vote good people in to replace the bad people. 
and, and very often, as we know, it, it, because of the power play. If that worked, night, all of our problems would have been solved a long time ago, right? Yeah, every time we switch out, right? But I'm also not going to say there's no basis or need to put um, someone that has principles aligned with the Constitution, uh, limited government, the maximizing of the freedom of the people, and that includes— Listen, if there weren't hmm. the good people that are there in Congress— yeah. God, what, what would this country look like, right? It's the fact that yeah. there are some good people there that do have 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 a right. Yeah, is the reason why we haven't gone just completely into collapse, right. right? So when we talk about the opportunity to put some people in that we like, it isn't with a naive assessment that says, "My gosh, that's all we need to do." It's not all we need to do. There's so much more we need to do, but that's part of it. That's one thing. We need each and every one of us. I need to stand up for my freedom. I need to defend my family. I need to defend my children from any violation that is likely to occur when we, what? When we just kind of go, well, the government said I have to do this, or the government said I can't do this, when it has no, no basis in the Constitution to mandate or prohibit, for instance, vaccines or mRNA injections that are not really vaccines, but they'd like you to think that they are, to mask up. Ah, well, to uh, distance, we, you know, we talked about this with Fauci yesterday, admitting this whole six foot rule was just, it just appeared out of thin air. I'm like, and then you find all of the reports where he's going, we must stand six feet apart in order to protect us. I was like, this talking about it, like he had just read it in the new England journal of medicine or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, oh, well, I don't know where that came from. It was just, you know, whatever. We threw a, a dart at the dartboard and it landed yeah. on six feet, you know. But here, here's the other thing that, you know, I've been at for a long time. My 25th year in broadcast healing, 30 years as a homeopath. We need people that are in on the inside also to push back against the oligarchy, things like FDA and FTC that violate fundamentally long before COVID our freedom to access natural medicines of creation. God-given plant medicines, uh, natural homeopathics, things like that, and to be able to freely speak about these things rather than being restrained, prior restraint, and Jonathan Ebord knows that very well, where you are restricted from your freedom to speak, even if you have valid scientific studies, and even if you have them, you go to the FDA and the FTC and they reject them outright because they're captured agencies. So to unwind the oligarchy, and this is where our guest, if she doesn't know Jonathan Ebord, Hopefully she gets to know him because if she gets in the Senate with Jonathan, man, we got a great, great, uh, uh, let's say, leg up on where we've been. And the knowledge that we have that the, the various branches, the three branches of government have been combined into one under the executive branch, where even the president goes, ah, I don't know, FDA, do what you want. FTC, do what you want. We've got agencies, bureaucratic agencies that have no basis in existence in the Constitution. And much of what they do, of course, is to write legislation in violation of the Constitution because that should happen in Congress. And it's not. And again, Jonathan Nemo has talked about ways to corral that right away. Things that he's done. There's Jonathan E. Morty. Save Ford, Virginia, right? Yeah. Save Virginia, save America. Yeah. Well, what about California? Well, that's an interesting question because we have someone that might be able to answer that. We got Charlita Bassett on the Robert Scott Bell Show today, Free Our Nation. She's running for the United States Senate, and uh, we'll get a sense of what the terrain is in California. Many many people have written it off, <laughs> rightly, rightly so. But at the same time, there are people there that are fighting as well for what, what's left of freedom or or the ability to restore it if there's a way to do so. And Charlene is one of those people, and she's running against, uh, man, one of the 
biggest doofuses we've ever encountered and reported on over the years. Remember that guy? Hey, Charlita, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on. Uh, Adam Schiff, you're running against Adam Schiff? Adam Schiff and 26 others. Wow. So, yeah, the uh, seat hasn't been open for 30 years. Diane Feinstein held it for that long. Wow. Now, one of our friends, Cordy, uh, Cordy Lee Williams, he ran for U.S. Senate in the last cycle as a Republican, and he and he found the Republican establishment was, you know, so entrenched there, you know, a bunch of uh, neocon pseudo Republicans and name only that kind of thing. And I don't know, uh, can a Republican win a statewide election in California? They have just been gone to the Democrat side where they don't even consider anybody with an R like in New York by their name, even <laughs> if it means, you know, somebody horrible like Adam Schiff representing them somehow. Yes. Now, there's more registered Republicans in the state of California than there are in Texas. But the point yeah, most people don't know that. That's how much voter fraud we have. They mm -hmm. they select their elected officials. They don't elect them. There's been a lot of purging of the voter rolls in from Southern California up. And just in um, L.A. County, I know that they purged over two million illegal voters and dead people from the 18th century. Incredible. It's just a joke. Yeah. So uh, what strategies have you implemented or are implementing to, uh, let's say, do an end around or be able to break through that, uh, the corruption, et cetera, that might be the roadmap for Adam Schiff, as horrible as he was in the, in the House of Representatives, to be elected uh, the latest dunderhead Democrat from California? You know, my, my policy is truth blasting. You have got to shock people out of their complacency. And I'm a mother of eight and a grandmother of 18, and I don't have time for this crap. And I am running because I stand up for what I believe in. And the people have got to wake up and stop listening to the lying mainstream media. They're only giving you the things that they want to fearmonger you with. And the facts are the things that they're saying is if we go back to the, the vax, it's such a travesty we need to abolish the who get rid of the fda because i am a survivor of cancer they had to drill into my skull during covid because all of the surgery rooms were closed wow. and i am a strong person and it didn't bother me at all i was raised country belled hay i shoot a gun i'm very athletic i have brothers and I said, if you drill into my head, take a picture because I'd like at least to see my brain. And they were like, are you kidding? And I said, no, I'm paying for this. I want you to use my camera and take a picture. I should get the opportunity. Who gets to see their brain and still live through it, right? <laughs> Wild. So they were like all tripping out. And it's like, no, you, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. I am laying here while you drill into my head and I'm calmer than you. So the sick part is, is they do, they want to medicate you to death and they call it comfort care. And I had a schwannoma carcinoma in my leg around my tibial artery cancerous and they wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. So I've never done drugs, but I couldn't walk because of the pain and they were giving me oxy and Dilaudid on a regular basis and said I wouldn't need it as soon as we found somebody to get the tumor out. And that was a lie. So I went off hard drugs on my 50th birthday, but it just pissed me off more and made me stronger. So I am an advocate for 
um, natural remedies. And the thing that people don't understand is that Rite Aid and CBC Pharmacy just sold all of our medication documents to the Chinese Communist Party. That's, yeah, this right. was just a couple of weeks ago. And people don't understand why does the Chinese Communist Party need our medication list? You know, why do they need to know if I take one bare aspirin a day because I have factor five widen? They don't need our information. Well, they're trafficking so many drugs across our border. 549,000 pounds were seized in 2023. Just drugs. That's not considering the trafficking. Why is China trafficking fentanyl across our border? They want to destroy the United States. And if we take a little bit further, my orcas went to San Vicente, which is down by the Panama Canal, to help build up that area to help house more Chinese Communist Party to build this huge bridge that's going across the, the Darien Gap. And Ann Vanderstill and Michael Yan have been down there, uh, Doc Pete Chambers. They're all watching what's going on. This is a tactical move to remove, to, to collapse the United States. Yeah. And it's just disgusting. And, and people need to understand this is all manipulated. And the state of California is so pivotal. It said, there's a saying, so goes California, so goes the United States. It's on several fronts. The state of California is the third largest economy in the world. First of all, there's 40,000, 40 million people here. We're 700 and something miles along and over 250 miles wide. But we we're one of the largest uh, fruit and vegetable producers. And we're also the largest milk producer, 99% in the United States. Cheese, walnuts, almonds. We have um, farms all the way from Bakersfield to Redding, California. And they don't understand that they're trying to, to take away the people's rights to farm by reducing our water. And this Darien Gap problem with this bridge, they're draining the Panama Canal to do this. And the bridge is almost finished. And so what's going to happen when the Panama Canal cannot no longer take the barge ships, our food and supplies that come from other countries have to go down all the way around South America to get back into the Gulf of Mexico to even get food. And people don't understand. They want to starve us out, poison us out, and take away all of our ability to sustain ourselves as a nation. California has got to survive, and the only way we're going to do it is with somebody that has common sense, is sick and tired of the lies, and isn't afraid to stand up to them. And as a mother, I have to. Charlita, you're, you're uh, running again in uh, California, I assume, as a Republican? Yes. yes. Okay. And and is there a separate primary for Republicans, or is it all everybody together, and whoever gets the top two or three votes goes to the next round? That's correct. It's called a jungle primary. So there's 27 of us running for Diane seat. Adam Schiff has been challenged because he really doesn't live in California. He's got a little apartment in Berkeley, but um, he's still a carpet baker. And they, the GOP is a joke. I, I don't believe it's about politics anymore. It's about good versus evil. And it's time that we get people in there that have some integrity and moral faith that there's something bigger than them, which is God Almighty, and He's going to help me get through this. I didn't file until November 17th. I got approved by the state. So I haven't been running long. We've been paying for this ourselves. My husband and I have been investing to save our state. 
and which will also save the nation because a U.S. senator actually is a diplomat as far as an ambassador goes for the United States. And people need to understand that that vote in the Senate is imperative to get bills passed that can go through to the president to be passed to get this mess cleaned up. By the way, for those of you who want to check out Charlita, we've got her website linked up in the show notes today. Charlita Bassett, spelled S-H-A-R-L-E-T-A, Bassett, B-A-S-S-E-T-T.com. Uh, and if you'd like to support her, if you're in California, I know we got a lot of listeners and viewers in California. Uh, maybe there's a, an opportunity to make some changes there. I guess the question is, too, how do you reach folks? We know that we don't have a media, uh, an old media, legacy media or mainstream media that's in, at all supportive of your message. If they had their way, they'd appoint someone like Adam Schiff as, as what a doofus that guy is, a dangerous doofus he is. Uh, they would appoint him. I mean, that's how far in the media is into mm -hmm. the Democratic Chinese control state of Gavin Newsom's California. Uh, mm -hmm. And. So the question is, strategically, do you have some things in the works amidst all of the competition right now to reach those that probably would resonate with what you're discussing, even in California? So people like you are a blessing because you're helping get my name out there. And the other thing is, is, is just working my rear end off, going from one end of the state to the other, letting people know that they're being lied to. There's almost 200 people in the Senate and Congress combined that have not even taken the oath of office. So the bills that they're passing are not even legal. And it's just a travesty that it's not even, it's treason, seriously. They, they are the enemy from within. And years ago when I was the mayor, I took an oath to be, um, to stand up against all enemies, foreign and domestic. My son did the same thing when he became a Marine. My brothers did the same thing when they became police officers and they were Marines and Air Force. We're all military and, and police officers and actually frontline defenders, nurses. I, my children all have all done really well, but we serve our community. But we have to stand up and tell the truth. And people that shy away from it because they have all their word porn and they throw it out there and say we're a conspiracy theorist, they say that because they don't want the truth to be told. But those people that are in Congress and Senate that have not taken an oath to stand up against our Constitution need to be put in jail and tried because that is criminal abuse of the population. Yeah, well, um, there's a lot of things that we are aligned with here with you. Uh, certainly in line with Jonathan E. Mord, who you should connect with as well, running for U.S. Senate in Virginia. It'd be nice to see people of integrity, people of faith yeah. to get in there uh, yes. and uh, correct course. All the while, as I point out, we must in our own lives individually stand up yeah. for freedom, defend freedom and not fall prey to the unconstitutional mandates, prohibitions, et cetera, coming down from the federal government, often uh, parented by the state uh, that is no longer independent. Uh, from the federal government. That's the irony. Of course, we had 50 independent little countries that were considered mm -hmm. states. And part of, you know, the interesting thing about some of the amendments to the Constitution, when they altered the voting for senators, they took it out of the state legislature, made it a popular vote. To some degree, the state lost standing. <laughs> you know, now who's protecting the, the interest of the state? And so all of it has yeah. become a, a, a kind of a, a, a real 
let's say, abandonment of some of those original principles. And bringing you into the Senate, I think, would help as well to get us back on track. Now, another thing Jonathan talks about, you do as well, is the uh, uh, trafficking of children. I mean, yes. this is horrific. You would think that even Democrats would be against that, but um, they seem no, to even discuss or acknowledge it. That's their cash cow. So what people don't know is uh, our, our church is actually very involved in politics and we're involved with the military and they just signed a declaration against the, um, the military industrial complex calling them out and the Department of Defense keeps deleting the documents that were filed against them. They called out their names. They wrote it in the papers about the injustice and the, the injuries that were caused to the military by the jab. But our church is so involved, we had a hot tip that there were children in the San Francisco Bay. This was just a few months ago, and they were on a barge being trafficked. So we let our military know that we know that work off the grid, and they did a sting, and they saved 107 kids in, in one night. Hmm. There was no survivors of, of traffickers, sadly. No, it was great. So the children were rescued, but the first people that step in that say that they own those children is CPS because they want to place them in their foster care system. And the foster care system is 60% of where kids get trafficked from, but they get more money from the foster care system that goes back to the government. It's just a vicious, never-ending cycle. And the reason they use children more than they use drugs is because they can be used more than one time in a day. And it's disgusting. These people need to be put down like a mad dog. Yeah. I have no compassion for them, and I have no um, sympathy whatsoever when they've destroyed um, the innocence of a child. And yeah. they want to take away the rights of our children so that they can't even produce life beyond themselves by changing their gender. And oh, yeah, so no, their life would end with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, it, it goes well beyond just trafficking. They, it's just yeah. about money. Yeah, Charlita, one of the things Jonathan Emord is is ready to do from the Senate when he defeats Tim Kaine is to you know put in a a, a legislation that would prohibit any doctor from transitioning a, a yes. child, anybody under 18. It was just like, stop that. That's just, no, that's just, it's yeah. just not right. I'm with him on that, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So there are some things we can do at that level, and of course, I wish it was happening at the state level in some cases, maybe, but uh, it's just really messed up. And you know, I'm a compassionate guy, a loving guy, but when you mess with children, you kind of, mm -hmm. your compassion card is gone. Yeah. You know, that's like, and, and, and you know, people that are in prison, they put up with a lot of horrible things and they do some things. But when somebody comes in that messes with children, even the criminals go, <laughs> oh, no. Uh -uh. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in I general. Mean, put them in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are there upcoming events for you? in California we should know about for those that are in California that want to support you or, or, or learn more about you or help you? Tell me what. Yes. So we're, we're going down to a GOP debate on the 24th in um, Ventura, California, and it will just be the um, Republican um, people that are running for this seat. And it will actually be the first time I've met them. And some of them are upset because I haven't been in the campaign long enough. And I just say, first of all, I'm an American. Secondly, my grandmother was Cherokee Indian, and she was here before you were. So tell me I don't have a right because my forefathers actually established this country, and I have every right to be in there. And the, the second reason is, is because who gave you the right 
to say that my bank account isn't big enough to be included. And I'm so tired of them saying that you're not going to be in the polls because your numbers are not high enough and they're judged by their bank account, not by their morals, not by their integrity or not by what they're going to do for the American people. And that is what I want to break. It needs to be brought down hard. And if it goes down hard with my bank account, as small as it is, which we do need funds, my husband and I have invested so much just for us, but we've been on a budget because we're not frivolous with our money. And if they if they fail because and us having hardly anything, it would be justice for the American people that can't even put gas in their car or pay their house payment. It's just unbelievable. But that I really will not be on a poll and the GOP won't back me. They've already picked their favorites because of their bank account. Yeah, well, this is where we find the game is often rigged. And uh, look, divine intervention, I'm not opposed to that. In fact, I... I'm I not either. Yeah. In, in fact, I, I believe there are miracles that happen all of the time. And, I do too. And just remain open to them. And I am. Not, yeah, and I know you are, but uh, I'm just putting it out there for everybody that thinks yes. it's a done deal, a fait complete, or whatever you say, that uh, they want you to be defeated. They want you to feel defeated. They want you to say there's nothing you can do. And in that case, they win without anybody even putting up a, a little whimper, much less a fight. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate your tenacity and what you've been through. And I certainly would like to see you succeed. Uh, so Thank if there's any you. updates, when is this event in Ventura, this debate? It's the 24th in Ventura, and it's at 7 o'clock. I don't know the venue, but it will it will be on my website. And okay. then we'll also be having things at Glad Tiding Church on February 2nd, a fundraiser. And um, we'd love to have people there to support us, and it will be an amazing event. And it, it's back to America. It's, we need where, to get back to the roots. Where is the Glad Tidings Church that you're going to be at? Glad Tidings Church is in Yuba City, California. Okay. And that's the 2nd of February. Yes. Okay. So an opportunity to meet you there, support you there, Charlene. That's uh, yeah. really, that's good. Um, I appreciate, again, you're stepping up. It's not easy to do. And you're putting no. out a lot of your own because you believe in this with all your heart. Yes. I can see that. And your husband yeah. is supportive of it as well, which is amazing. Um, you know, when we, when we look at something, step back, we say, well, the odds are stacked against you. It's like, I remember the Star Wars line from, uh, who was it? Was it uh, the one of the characters? Never tell me the odds. I mean, yeah. this is not about random acts of good luck or bad luck. This is about being called to serve in a certain way. And no matter what happens, yeah. the impact you have by living a life of principle yes. and imparting those principles and being willing to speak up about them and not cower in fear and stay quiet for the concern of backlash. What would happen? What are the consequences of speaking out? Well, what are the consequences of remaining silent at this point? I think they're far worse. Yes, there's so much worse being complacent, you're allowing the government to be taken over by a bunch of people that want to run your life. And if you think you have it bad now, because you're ignoring the true crisis that we're in, we are in a war, not just from the medical um, standpoint, but from the the CCP, they, they own 380 something acres million acres in the United States, they shouldn't even be allowed to buy farmland. That doesn't even count uh, Bill Gates that buys all the farmland that is, uh, um, he wants to reduce the population. And I believe one of it's by starvation, not just the jabs that they keep coming right. up with. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it, it, justice is an interesting word. I've talked about what it 
really means definition wise, everybody getting exactly what they deserve versus what it has devolved into just us. Much like yes. George Carlin used to oh, joke wow. about it, it's a big old club and you ain't in it. I ain't in it, right? <laughs> and, you know, do you just back down and do nothing? Or do you say, no. you know what, this is worth fighting for. Our freedom, yes. is that important? They've convinced so many that, oh, to step up and defend freedom is like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. And we saw that in COVID. Many yeah. of the people that were just living in fear, if you stood against Fauci and the fact that they just made up the six-foot rule and that exactly. in fact didn't work and that the shots were experiments that were, you know, are in fact damaging and injuring and killing mm -hmm. people even today. Yes, yes. Uh, there were a lot of sheeple out there that were accusing us of killing people simply by breathing without a mask on. And yeah, so yeah. we have a lot of the Americans that are in uh, permanent states of fear and mm -hmm. they don't want you to step up and stand up and do what's right. No, I, I'm not going to count yeah. on fear to them. And I know you're not either. Good, Charlie. No, I had more Democrats sign my petition to file than I did Republicans because they've had it with their own establishment, but Republicans were afraid to sign it because they thought if they supported me, they would be tracked down like the J6 people. That's yeah. sad. And so yeah. I, I said, you know what? There, it says in the Bible 365 times, no fear. That means every stinking day you get up and you say no fear. It's the opposite of faith. And I'm asking the people to step up and have some courage. Because if yeah. you don't, your, your kids are going to be the first target. They go for the kids. And you have got to be the front line of defense. And I have to do that for my children and my grandkids. And I'm doing it for yours, too. So I'm asking everyone to back me and purge that seat in the Senate because we need somebody that has some compassion that can look beyond what people are labeled as and start seeing them as a common man. All right, people of California, you've been put on notice. You have another option, another choice, a choice for freedom, yes. a choice for restoring the republic. And that is Charlita Bassett. Uh, we have somebody already saying that you, they've, you've, you've won them over. Uh, and <laughs> That's awesome. I wish, you, Thank I wish you. you all the best. You and your husband are doing important work. And no matter what happens again, this is a, a positive and powerful impact. Speaking of. Absolutely. And, and yeah, being a living example for others in that regard. So Charlita Bassett, everybody check out our website, charlitabassett.com. Thank you. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you again and all the best in your run against. Thank you. Many, Many rhinos, in, in, including yes. much less uh, both sides. The the shift uh, demonic Democrat that he is absolutely so, God's yeah. bigger. Yes, thank you yeah. so much for all thank you're you. Thank you, thank you so right. much. Thank you, Charlita. All right, I, yeah, I know that the uh, the levels of her uh, microphone were a lot hotter. As Super Don will fix it in post production for later for the archives. Uh, but she was on her phone and we couldn't get that adjusted, unfortunately. But. Y'all heard the important words that she had to say. You might not have heard me as well, but regardless, uh, I appreciate. Oh, we can hear you. Her, her levels were louder, but there's especially when they're on a phone. There's not a lot I can do about that. So yeah, if they're connected <clears> by <throat> phone, it's it's limited what, what kind of control we have over the <laughs> horizontal and the vertical, etc. But uh, she's uh, definitely a real patriot, and I would have no problem supporting her for the U.S. Senate in in California. You know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, when, what do we, when, when is the, let's see, uh, 2026? Is that when the, uh, the election, uh, for, for, uh, Congress is or when, when, when is that? I don't know. I dude, it's like, I, every, it's like what day it is here on the show. I think it's, it isn't offset with, with the presidential election, I think or mm -hmm. something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are running um, against uh, incumbents like Jonathan E. Morton, like yeah. Shirley. To, to, I, uh, it's a good sign. Like I said, people, moms, others that are have been injured, damaged, they're, they're coming out and going, I'm running. I got to do it. This is the point, whether it be for dog catcher, city council or senator or whatever. Get in there and ha- and let your voice be heard and impact others. Uh, let's see. Janie says, uh, as of late, show notes not changing till after the show is over. Is that correct? What's There's a weird on? cash situation uh, that happens with the website sometimes, but uh, th- this is a good opportunity Yes, to talk a little bit more about what's going on with the website. Yeah. Uh, we have got, you know, a few months ago, we got an email. From and and you know I'm sure anybody who's been watching the show or that happens to be into you know the stuff that we talk about um, knows who Jeffrey Smith is. Yes, he's Institute uh, you know, for Responsible Technology, a champion against GMOs on this planet, and he's the OG friend. GMO guy in yeah. in, in health uh, health freedom. And so uh, we got an email from uh, the the guy that works with him on his website stuff, and he said, "Hey, uh, I heard from a bird." Little bird, you guys need help. Told us you guys are looking for somebody, <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, okay, yeah, we are. And so he's been working uh, in the background here for a couple months now, yeah. Um, and the website that he's working on is awesome. It's really cool. Uh, and so uh, I I don't know when we're supposed to launch the the new website. I mean, what do we talk? I, I have couple, no idea. You like you're, in a month, a month or two, that. something like that, when it'll be yeah. completely finished. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to. Uh, be new and improved and and much better looking because uh, up until now it's just been more or less me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting in there and going I don't know what I'm doing but let me see if I can figure it out and so the the website we've got has been functional mm-hmm. but the uh, the duct tape is kind of peeling off a little bit and the chewing gum uh, isn't holding stuff together as well as it used to right and so that will be changing here uh, soon so appreciate the heads up yeah we have noticed that um, and I couldn't tell you why why yeah. sometimes it's it it just doesn't show up I know it has something to do with like some kind of a, a memory cache thing because uh, but anyway. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like the TV, you know, that starts acting funny, and you go over there and you you whack it, <laughs> you know, and then it starts working again. That's that's it what the website's strange, doing yes. at the moment. Yeah, so we uh, appreciate your patience. We appreciate all of you that are supporting us, especially those that are able to <laughs> on Patreon, because these are uh, budgetary items that uh, come around, and and we haven't been able to do in a long time, and we're finally making those steps. But anything you can do to help in that regard, and you have a lot of extra access. When you are a patron supporter for our monthly AMAs, live interactions via Zoom, uh, the PDFs that Super Don helps to create for homeopathic hits and now detox dialogues are available for everybody for free. But uh, the video content, if you like to hear me talk about these subjects later after the show, uh, isolated from the rest of the show, that's available exclusively through our Patreon page. So uh, we try to give you value. In fact, many people gain much more value than what they're giving to us. And that's not a complaint. I'm grateful that we can, thanks to some of our key sponsors as well, donating items that I get to give for, you know, winning trivia contests and fun fun stuff when we have our Zoom AMAs each month. And you have access to all the previous ones, except there was a few of the early ones that got banned by uh, YouTube. Just a couple. But most all of them are there for you. And so you can learn about the community, a lot of great questions, wonderful answers, not just from me and Super D, but from those in the community helping one another. And shout out to one of them. Ula is back live. Hi, Where? Where? Hopefully all is well. Ula's been through it. it. You're right. Look at that. 
she was uh, one of my favorite, and I love the Sunday conversations, but I've had at least one with her. And uh, she she was talking about some some challenges that I think are important for all of us, especially those of you who are Trinity School. What do you think about getting an update? Yeah, we should get an update from Ula. I don't. She also does occasionally the preacher and the Polish girl, uh, and that's on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, yeah. along with uh, Leslie and uh, Stay at Home Mom or Stay at Home Mom and her podcast as well. Really cool stuff. I've noticed that every time that you talk about the podcast and you say the name of the podcast, you say it twice, but you put do a second do, time do with a different, a different. Uh, for Leslie, it's like it's stay at home mom or stay at home mom, which her kids said. Right? I yes. thought that was great. There's two ways to interpret that. Uh, the title of her funny. podcast. Uh, she's also going to be hosting the RSB family reunion. I believe. Oh, in guess June. what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? what? Guess what? Do you have a poster for that? You do. Look at, look at that. Look at that. The RSB family reunion. And it's what? What is it said? Living an abundant life and growing together. June 14th through 16th at the Goody Farms Homestead in Joplin, Missouri. So how about that? You guys you jump all over that because it's like you will learn skills when you're there. Really cool stuff. So that's going to be wonderful. Uh, so looking forward to that. Yes, and on another thing, this is new. Yeah, what's that? We got this coming up on January 19th. There's going to be a webinar uh, with you, Keith Clearwater, who's a uh, a, uh, a professional PGA, PGA yeah. champion. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Hewlett and John Hewlett talking about um, the key to elite performance. I like it. It's one of my favorite topics as I, yeah. you know, have gotten to elite level performance at my old age in the, you know, the kickboxing gym and other, other places. So cool. Uh, we'll have a, a very special meeting. This is outside of our normal show time. So this will be Friday, January 19th, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Sign up for free and you will get to learn a lot. You get to ask Q&A live as well. And uh, that's a great opportunity to do even more. Um, there's a lot. Oh, gosh, there's so much going on. It's just uh, amazing uh, trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff that's happening. Wow. Just uh carry on, my friend. We're gonna keep yes, going. Yes, the, the long COVID summit uh yeah. is is alive and kicking and progressing and being put together. Um we've got some stuff to talk about after the show today. Mm -hmm. uh, but the we've got a sneak peek on that website and uh 30 plus experts to talk about everything you could think of having to do with dealing with long COVID. Mm -hmm. um, some of the topics, uh, reversing the brain fog phenomenon. They, you know, the brain fog thing is the number one. Anybody that's that's listening mm -hmm. uh, and dealt with it and went through that ordeal like I did, that was one of the one of the main things. It was it was shortness of breath, brain fog, and uh oh, forgetting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um <laughs> That was a joke. I'm sorry. I was I was uh, trying I, to remember something, but it's okay. It's okay, dude. That's okay. Um, I, I want. I know we got the homeopathic hit of the day coming up too this hour, and then we have a, another new guest. I believe first time Robert Spencer. You used to when you back in the day when we were with TRM. I chatted with him earlier actually because yeah, he was a regular guest on the Michael Savage program, mm -hmm. on the Rusty Humphreys program, and on the Laura Ingram program. And so I know that I talked to him briefly on the phone 
uh, several times and, and gotten him on the show. So yeah, he's shows. a known commodity in terms of he's been around, and, dude. Jihad Watch has been around for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll talk a bit about that uh, in the second hour as well. Um, there's more, you know, health topics as well. It's not just again the 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 global politics and, and the things are happening. Uh, cancer. We've got some more discussion on cancer and specifically chlorophyll, its impact on cancer and psychiatric drugs, medicines, DSM diagnoses. Uh, conflicts of interest there as well. But Robert Spencer will join us in hour two. And I uh, just want to give you a heads up on upcoming events as well. Mention some of them. Uh, but in the upcoming events tab at robertscoutbell.com, you'll see that we have February 2nd and 3rd, the Autism Health Summit. And I uh, hope to see you there. It's going to be extraordinary. I mean, the lineup is as good as you'll ever see. And focusing on a very serious issue, as we talked about the ability to to help these young people that are now growing into adulthood, that uh, various uh, levels of function or dysfunction, we want to uh, provide options for them, your families, et cetera. And that's coming up uh, again, February 2nd and 3rd, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, after that, we've got the Health Freedom Expo, the virtual through the Whova app. It's 35 bucks. You get three months access. And Jonathan Ebor and I and Diane Miller and others will be together again on the Health Freedom panel that we're going to do live via the app uh, that'll be available for you uh, in addition to the things we did in October. Then we have the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo World Wellness Weekend in Atlanta uh, with the Warners. That's March 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2024. And then the next weekend, Lake Lanier Islands outside of Atlanta, March 14th through 17th, Tia Severino. Uh, you guys want to be at the Next Steps conference. Next dash steps dot info. By yeah. the way, what do you got? If you what look you got? in today's show notes, mm -hmm. there's a special going on here. Oh, we got a special on tickets for the Next Steps conference. Look That's at right. that. That's right. RSB 25 saves you 25% off of all tickets except the group tickets because those are already discounted big time. Uh, so Next Steps for Nurses event hosted by Kimberly Overton, our good friend. And we need Kimberly back on. I miss her. And uh, on Sunday, the healthcare pros seeking to exit the sick care system. So 25% off the Next Steps Conference with the, the code RSB25. Take advantage of that and join us at the Lake Lanier Islands Resort, uh, March uh, 14th through 17th, 2024. Uh, this month, January 29th, my mom turns 90. Thanks in no small part to Bob Bree Oren, my good friend from Folium Products, foliumpx.com, who got my mom back on the dance floor with Folium PX. The original, the Immuno, and uh, the Relax. And foliumpx.com is where you go to get this botanical blend that was first developed in response to the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in the 1980s. And they developed this to counteract the ionizing radiation, heavy metals, etc. And this is one of the most powerful tools you can in, 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 interact with or integrate into your life if you've hit a ceiling in your healing. Breakthrough with Folium products, foliumpx.com. Remember the code RSB10, and maybe you can dance like my mom at age 90. Coming up on the 29th, we're going to have a big celebration on the 28th of Sunday. If you guys are in Atlanta, let me know. Maybe I'll get you into the party, okay? So there. <laughs> let's do the uh, homeopathic the back of the day. All right, here we go. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. The homeopathic hit of the day goes to your gut. One of my favorite remedies is Baptisia tinctoria, B-A-P-T-I-S-I-A. -I -I and I want to thank Nutritional Frontiers, Foley and PX, Trinity School of Natural Health for their ongoing support of the Robert Scott Bell Show, making these education uh, forums 
available to you and these uh, uh, like expanding the idea of how you can get well, the health and healing that we all need, Baptisia. So there's a PDF associated with today, as it is every homeopathic hit. And this is the remedy for gastrointestinal dysfunctions and some systemic infections as well. There's a lot that it does. And again, these, these little hits cannot be comprehensive enough. So I hit the highlights for you so that you can go deeper. This remedy, Baptisia, often used for flu-like symptoms as well, systemic infections, and its gastrointestinal impact, conditions characterized by profound lethargy and weakness. So let's look into this. The origin of Baptisia itself, the plant known as wild indigo, wild indigo. There it is. Look at that. It's so cute, isn't it? Uh, this plant has a profound impact on gastrointestinal health. It's one of my favorites when we're dealing with GI recovery issues. Uh, it's known for a lot of interesting properties, including some of which we've mentioned already. Uh, this is, uh, again, a brief view of some of the key characteristics. Baptisia known for treating conditions with flu-like symptoms, especially high fever, systemic issues, even muscle soreness, aches, feelings of general malaise, also gastrointestinal disturbances like diarrhea that accompany often systemic intestinal and even stomach infectious states. Mentally, key mental health symptoms include overcoming confusion, feelings of disorientation, and a sensation as if the body is scattered. These are some indications Baptisia might be the right remedy for you. So let's, you know, let's drill a little deeper in these primary uses. Flu-like symptoms. These are all in the PDF for you to download for free at robertsgatbell.com. And if you would, please share the show. And if if you really want to get, get step it up big time, become a patron supporter and you'll get this clip available as a video uh, separate from the show as well. Particularly effective in managing symptoms of flu, including high fever, body aches, and profound fatigue, especially when it's an intestinal flu. You've heard of those, right? Systemic infections where there is a marked feeling of illness and lethargy and gastrointestinal disturbances indicated for GI issues, including uh, systemic infections, diarrhea, abdominal discomfort, stomach discomfort as well. Baptisia is a great one. If you have uh, milder issues, you can utilize 10X, 12X, 12C, 30X, 30C, no problem. Self-help, fine. But if you've got debilitating situations, deep-seated chronic conditions, and you want to go into those super high potencies, please consult with a homeopath that can help you, guide you, and get you through that. Complimentary remedies. I love throwing these out there. I think one of the best ones is one of my favorites, and I'll always start with Bryonia alba. In this case, even more critically, because the liver, the implication of the liver and its health and function with gastrointestinal distress and disease or infection. So hit it with Bryonia alba, follow up with Baptisia. For instance, Arsenicum album. A lot of GI issues, poisoning issues, severe flu symptoms, anxiety, restlessness, Arsenicum plays a role there as a homeopathic remedy. And gelsemium, yellow jasmine. There's a lot of benefits to gelsemium for nervousness and stage fright. But in this case, uh, fatigue, drowsiness, uh, a lot of things associated with the discomforts of flu or intestinal flu. Baptisia, safe, of course, in a homeopathic form. Self-care, fine. But if it's really intense, please reach out to somebody for help. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's a good thing, sometimes appropriate and necessary. So as we conclude our homeopathic hit of the day and head to hour two, Baptisia, particularly effective for treating flu-like symptoms, systemic infections, related gastrointestinal disturbances. Please keep plugging into the Robert Bell Show for more of these explorations into homeopathy, natural medicine, as the homeopathic hits keep on coming. 
Reminder, this is not to replace the doctor if you have or want one, but I will say if you're interviewing a doctor, one of your first questions should be, Doc, how often are you having a bowel movement? And if your doctor is going less frequently than you, you might want to find another doctor because you know what they're full of. Just saying. Okay. This is education. This is information. Empowering fully informed decisions to make, not to replace something that, you know, if you need help, you need help. So. And if you happen to ask your doctor that question, get it on video. That would just be great to see. I, mean, <laughs> I want to hear their response. That'd be that would go viral on YouTube. You if know, they're but. offended, find another doctor. If they say, <laughs> "Oh, I'm glad you asked," and that's a different story. They they might be qualified to help you at that point. So, okay. anyway, we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing, some other updates and announcements. RobertScottBell.com. The website, please share it. Sign up for our newsletter for free. You can text RSB, my initials, right? RSB in the text field to double six eight double six 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 eight six six, And that'll get you to the Robert Scott Bell newsletter. And you'll be prompted to enter your email address. And that's the way we can stay in touch with you, even when we're censored in various platforms. Um, well, it happens because when you speak the truth, it's offensive to those that don't want you to know the truth. So with that, we've got a whole other hour broadcast healing uh, Robert Spencer from uh, Jihad Watch is joining us for the first time. Super Don knows about him because he appeared on many of the shows that we were on when we were syndicated with a particular network. So we'll check in with him on that and a whole lot more, plus some discussions of psychiatric issues and cancer next, because the power to heal is yours. All right, second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show commences now, and then we head into the weekend. Hooray. Those of you who have been shoveling snow, hopefully you do it safely and you're fit and strong. I have been, and I'm uh, getting bigger, all of that. And uh, partly thanks to, of course, Nutritional Frontiers and their super creatine formula. If you haven't tried creatine, and I wouldn't until this formula came out because it's comprehensive and it addresses all the metabolic things that I was concerned about with just isolated creatine. That's not the issue here. You can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com and pick this stuff up, order it, have it shipped directly to you, and you can start putting on lean muscle mass. And they've got a lot of other great formulas, including detox formulas, things that uh, for those of you trying to lose weight, I think losing toxins is a better goal, but you can lose weight by definition when you do that through detox. They have a number of formulas to help you there as well. Nutritionalfrontiers.com. Use the code RSB15 to uh, get all the wonderful products that they have as well. Uh, Trinity School of Natural Health. I mentioned the, the Health Freedom Expo. Remember, each month, new coursework starts up including lectures on demand, including one I did on clinical homeopathy, trinityschool.org, body, mind, and spirit. And doctors, nurses are taking things, coursework from Trinity because they didn't learn that in medical school and nursing school. So look to Trinity School, trinityschool.org to learn more about how you can help others to heal and also help yourself along the way. We've got Robert Spencer scheduled in just a few minutes coming up here this hour from Jihad Watch talking about some real threats to your life, liberty, and property, another threat, uh, and maybe what to do about it. Uh, yes, controversial topics, but we don't shy away from them here, uh, especially when your freedom and your life is on the line. So stand by for that. Uh, one of the things, the threats we have to life, liberty, and property is from psychiatrists. No, I'm not kidding. Psychiatrists. Remember, they would diagnose me with orthorexia. What is that? Well, I happen to like eating organically grown food. 
That's what you used to call all food when it was just food. Since the era of synthetic processing, chemical agriculture, uh, genetically engineering, an abomination, I think, under the eyes of God to do that. But again, everybody's got their beliefs about these things. All of these things that led to my early, let's say, well, disease <laughs> from the day I was born, chronically ill, to the day I turned 24 and a few months beyond that, when I met the homeopathic doctor that changed my life around so that I could begin to detoxify my liver, go organic. It's like the psychiatrist would say, well, you're orthorexic because you're, you're afraid of toxins. You won't eat uh, toxic food. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to put toxins in my body. Why, why would I? Especially with how it made me feel. I eat clean food and I feel better. Oh my gosh, that's a psychiatric disorder. <sighs> yes, I would rather fast than eat poison. Oh, he's a, he's obsessed. It must be OCD as well. Maybe we can get him on an SSRI or something else. The basis for much of psychiatric diagnosis is from their Bible, the DSM. And the article here from the defender shows the corruption, the economic conflicts of interest and worse. 55 U.S. doctors behind the psychiatric diagnostic manual took 14 million Dollars from drug companies. This is a British medical journal report revealing these 55 doctors on panels deciding diagnoses and treatments for their Bible of psychiatric disorders had undisclosed industry ties totaling millions. Like, dude, this is not new news. We've covered this for years on this show. There are a lot of doctors that acknowledge this. It's horrible. And when I talk about the DSM, and the psychiatric disorders for which they throw drugs at you, name one of those diagnoses that have an objective biological marker test. In other words, tell me depression, bipolar, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, orthorexia, you name the psychiatric disorder, manic, whatever, and tell me the test, a blood test, a saliva test, a urine test, a fecal test. Name the test. It doesn't exist. These are subjective lists of symptoms that they say are the result of deficiencies of selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs. For instance, it's absolutely junk science. Pseudoscience, it's, a, it's an insult to pseudoscientists. <laughs> the, the kind of stuff psychiatrists do. I'm not saying that anyone, that no one that has had a mental aberration, an emotional challenge that has never been helped temporarily by getting on a medication. But it is not truly addressing the underlying reasons, whether there be a true biochemical imbalance for which they can't even, they don't even have a test for. But I could say there are a lot of nutrient deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, amino acid deficiencies, essential fatty acid deficiencies, even saturated fat deficiencies resulting in aberrant neurological, emotional psychological issues or quote-unquote diseases, if you want to call them that. How about microbiome dysbiosis due to antibiotics, due to exposure to glyphosate, the active ingredient Roundup, creating aberrant microbiome, you know, opportunistic infections, et cetera, impacting neurotransmitter production from the gut on up. The ability to produce the hormones, youth hormones, gut microbiome. Elimination, detox, heavy metals, all of these things not considered by the DSM, the Psychiatric Bible. No, no, no. We got these doctors taking millions from Big Pharma, convincing the rest of the world that 
These things we say are diseases or disorders are the result of a deficiency of the drugs we now in patent protection via the Fear and Death Administration, FDA can prescribe to you. So these are real threats to life, liberty, and property as well, coming from within our own borders. And who precipitates that? The Fear and Death Administration, the FDA, which approves these things. Who else precipitates that? The pharmaceutical industry that profits from it by what? Funding the curricula within the medical schools, including now psychiatric curricula, which is like the the most absurd of all the medical practices. Not to say there aren't people with psychiatric issues, however you want to define them, but none of them are drug deficiencies. But they're all treated as such. With rare exception, do you have psychiatrists like Peter Bregan, who has shown, you know, revealed some of the ugliest sides of an ugly part of allopathic medicine. Remember, the Flexner Report of 1910 set the stage for the corruption of medicine the integrity it had in helping people, and it converted it into a drug-only model and a monopoly system, monopoly practice acts, et cetera, to eliminate any competition from the natural world. Naturopaths, homeopaths, herbalists, psychiatrists, really? That, what are they doing? Anything holistic? Any acknowledgement of spirit? No, no, it's about drug deficiencies. That's not the game we play here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So check out this article from The Defender. You'll read about it, and maybe you'll think twice before you go to a psychiatrist for help because you don't suffer from a, a Prozac, Paxil, or Zoloft deficiency. Nobody does. In fact, one more thing I want to add to this. Ever since we learned of Columbine, remember that years ago in the 90s? You look back on every one of those school shootings and what would be implicated if there was a of a free press, you'd be looking at the medications that were given to these children often, but adults as well, resulting in suicidal and homicidal ideation and behaviors, as these drugs tend to remove the governor on your behavior. The first thing you should look at when you see these mass shootings is what care was he under from a doctor what drugs was he or she on? And you'll likely find that they were on mind-altering substances from the Fear and Death Administration, approved by the FDA, etc. How often do you hear that as the first line of questioning? I wonder what he was on. That's what you need to be asking. All right, we got threats from a lot of areas. I don't like to focus on the threats, but we do want to acknowledge them so that we can navigate our way through life, hopefully more safely. And as we go into this subject, I'm just going to pre- I'm going to say this just so anybody's accusing me of being anti-Islamic or any anti. Look, this is a place of freedom. This show is where we appreciate, respect your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, your freedom not to have a religion. Whether you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever, or you have nothing. The Constitution was written to protect our freedom to worship as we see fit. Now, should that worship in any particular religion or non-name religion, result in violations of your right to life, liberty, or property, threats to your very life because you believe differently, then, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And in many cases, we've seen in a modern era a lot of what we call fundamentalist Islam being very violent. Doesn't mean that in the history of Christianity there hasn't been that, or in Judaism, or others. This is not about all of those things right now because 
the man that I'm bringing on to the show right now has an extraordinary background and track record in a whole lot of things related to this subject. Uh, one of uh, his recent books, Robert Spencer, The Palestinian Delusion, The Catastrophic History of the Middle East Peace Process. And to discuss this, Robert, it's almost a no-win situation because you got people entrenched on either side of the fence and, and never the twain shall meet. So having intellectual discussions and debates is very difficult right now, Robert, but I appreciate what you do to try to get to the bottom of this. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And I can tell you this last few minutes has been one of the most fascinating lead-ins I've ever experienced. I've done thousands of shows, but man, more power to you. What you were saying is so important. And it's incredible also how many parallels there are to what I do, because I'm also trying to fight against an entrenched establishment that is working for its own self-interest at the expense of the truth. And the Palestinian delusion book, details just one aspect of that, how the State Department and the United States government have been trying for decades now to force the Israelis to make various concessions to the Palestinians that actually are not going to solve anything, but will only make things worse. And every time they've been implemented up to now, they have made things worse, and yet they're still being pushed. Robert Spencer, I got to ask you this question because it's something that's out there for part of the audience. We'll say, well, Robert, you just must hate people uh, of the Islamic faith. You must hate Palestinians. Is this what's motivating you? I don't hate anybody. I love the truth. And unfortunately, the truth is that the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is rooted in Islamic texts and teachings. There are some Muslims who are lovely people, but that does not change what's in the books. And there are some who take seriously what's in the books. And unfortunately, what's in the books is a unique system of religiously sanctioned violence. And it, it, a lot of people, you know, there's a big campaign actually to intimidate people into thinking, oh, I can't talk about this because it's hateful. But actually, you know, I did not write the Quran. I did not write the Islamic holy texts. I only read them. And what's in them is not because of me, it's because of the authors of those texts. Yet we, you would acknowledge that not all uh, Muslims are violent killers of people who are not of their faith. And I would bring to mind even, you know, Leviticus in Christianity. Most Christians do not do what's written in Leviticus anymore either. Well, sure. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's a, there is a whole theology in both Judaism and Christianity, different ones, that reject the literal understanding of the violent passages in the Hebrew Bible. But there is nothing like that. This is one of the unfortunate aspects of this in Islam. As you said, there are millions of Muslims who are completely peaceful, but the texts and teachings that mandate violence are considered to be still enforced by mainstream Islamic authorities, and they're taken seriously by all too many Muslims today. Yeah, and it just, and just like anything, I mean, you know, the, the the wide variety of interpretations of of the various religious texts, whether it be uh, Judaism, Christianity, Muslim uh, text, and some of them take them as allegory and and you know, kind of uh, perspectives on like jihad, the word jihad. I've heard some the you know peaceful Muslims say, hey, you know, this is about a battle for spiritual purification within yourself, versus those that interpret it as, oh, that means we have to kill people who are non-believers, for instance. So there's a wide variety of interpretations as well. So it's not a condemnation of everybody. I just want to be, I may be overstating it, but I just want people to hear what you're saying as opposed to just react blindly to what you're saying. Well, the problem is, you're absolutely right. 
the only difficulty is that the people who say it means kill those who are unbelievers, they are able to point to classic mainstream understandings and interpretations of the Quran and actually to the letter of the Quran. That's what fundamentalist really means, that you stick to what the what the actual text says without trying to think about it from a historical standpoint or an allegorical standpoint or something like that. And so they are able to say, look, we're just following what the book says. And the people who say that it's all spiritual, they don't have that leg to stand on because the book does say, kill them wherever you find them. When you meet the unbelievers, strike the necks and so on. Yeah. Well, again, these are the harsh realities, and uh, that's why we must be able to speak about these things, engage, I think, intellectually and historically, and again, acknowledge those that are not participating. And it's very rare. Occasionally, you'll have someone of that faith speak out against that kind of violence, but also there's probably a lot of fear for those that do because they become targets themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a death penalty for apostasy, leaving the faith in Islam. Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, said, whoever changes his religion, kill him. And so a lot of these people, they, they would never go along with any of this, the jihad violence, that is, but they're not going to say anything about it either, because then they could be branded as be, as having left Islam and their lives are in danger. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to go to moral equivalency here, but what you say that, what occurs to me is recently, through coming through the COVID few years we've just survived, uh, the doctor's many were afraid to speak up because they saw what other doctors who spoke up about the lies being told about treatments and prevention and shots and masks. You know, they were ostracized. They were denigrated. They were threatened with loss of license, et cetera. So this is a, a kind of a, a, a human fault that we yeah. will apply in many different ways. Uh, the question is, what is the most critical concern that you have in America right now? I know we've got foreign policy issues happening around the world, but, uh, are there is there a risk for Islamic terrorism in terms of fundamentalism, not uh, the peaceful kind of thing we're talking about as well, sneaking in through the southern border, or is it already here? What's going on? Oh, it's very much already here. 659 people on the terror watch list were caught last year at the southern border. That's a big uptick. When uh, you go back to 2020, it was about 15 and but they can see that the border is open and they're not idiots they're taking advantage now that's only the people that got caught we don't know how many got through and are here meanwhile there are others who were already here i was hearing about hezbollah cells in the united states as far back as 2007 2008 there were uh, communications intercepted by the fbi where the hezbollah operatives were saying we're all in place we're ready we could mount a terror attack tomorrow but we're not going to do it because we're getting what we want right now without it. What about the, the, the let's say the cultural values, I guess they're rooted to, to some degree in religious dogma, but I think about many of the political left and, and like LGBTQ or, you know, that, that have the freedom to be who they are or claim to be in America, even in Israel, interestingly enough. Uh, yet if they were to uh, be placed in Palestine or an Islamic country, they would likely be persecuted at the very least in, in, or in jail, but maybe at the very worst might be killed by the very uh, thing that they're claiming is, you know, needs to be protected. I, I mean, I just trying to find the cognitive dissonance, how this is happening. What are they? Is this a real movement in support of some of these things? Well, there is a real movement. There's even a group called Queers for Palestine, and they go they've been out marching since October 7th and protesting against Israel. And there was even a Muslim imam in Gaza 
who took notice of this and he said, we don't want your support. We don't want any of you people here. We don't want you to support us anywhere else. But they don't seem to get the, the uh, they don't seem to understand what the, what's at stake here. They're living in a fantasy world. They don't realize that if they went into Gaza, they wouldn't last five minutes. They'd be killed. Yeah, well, that's, again, cognitive dissonance or something. Or maybe uh, it's an astroturf scenario where people are being given money to protest something they have no earthly idea about. That could very well be. I think that a lot of these protests that we've been seeing since October 7th, they're so well organized, they're so large, they come together so quickly, and they have the printed banners. Who's printing them? Who's paying for the printing? Who's bankrolling all this? That has uh, That remains to be seen, but it does seem to be orchestrated. We, well, we've seen a lot of George Soros, now Alex Soros money, trying to upend uh, any sort of uh, normalcy in the United States uh, by, you know, funding candidates, funding, including DA, uh, uh, district uh, attorney, these things that they would normally prosecute crime. And now there's this whole movement. If somebody commits a crime, don't prosecute. Or if you do, let them out. I mean, this destabilizing free market capitalism because nobody is willing to, in the police force, to enforce the law because they bring them in and nothing happens. Well, there you have Soros again. You know, you have Soros-appointed DAs all over the place and Soros uh, judges, and he, he's bought so much of American officialdom that it's very hard to get justice at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, we have a good question here I want to ask you. And, you know, I recognize that no matter what we say, it may not change minds out there because people are pretty entrenched, but I, I, I'm grateful to have, you know, intellectual discussions, debates about these things. And so perspective, historically or otherwise, what do you believe is the primary reason behind the consistent failure of peace negotiations between Israel and the Palestinians? I mean, is there oh. a, a common theme? Is there something that changes every year? It's different. There's one reason why peace negotiations negotiations have always failed and why they always will fail from now to the end of time. And that is a passage in the Quran, the Holy Book of Islam, that says this, drive them out from where they drove you out. That's chapter 2, verse 191. It's a very simple statement, but there's a whole lot of significance to that. Drive them out from where they drove you out. The Palestinians claim, actually it's not a true claim, but they claim that they were driven out of Israel when it was founded in 1948. In reality, the Arab League, told the Arabs of that region to leave because the surrounding Arab states were going to declare war on Israel, which they did as soon as Israel declared independence, and they were going to crush and destroy Israel, and they wanted the Arabs out of the line of fire, and then as soon as Israel was destroyed, they could come back. Well, obviously, they lost the war, so they didn't come back, but the mythology has grown up that they were driven out. This is the Nakba, the catastrophe. They were supposedly exiled from their land. And now that means that it becomes a duty before God. There is no higher duty than that. If you're a religious person of any kind, you'll understand that if it, you know, the Ten Commandments, they say, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't steal. We don't have a vote on that. We say, that's what God says, that's it. If you're a believer, then that's not negotiable. Drive them out from where they drove you out has the same status for a pious, believing Muslim who thinks that the Palestinians were driven out in 1948. And so he has a call, a command of God to drive out the Israelis. That's not going to be negotiated away. There are no compromises or half measures that can be acceptable. The negotiations have been entered into but only as a means to weaken Israel and ultimately destroy it. 
Have you ever witnessed a debate on that issue? Because again, I, I know my mom was born in what was then Palestine. She was there at the uh, independent celebration after the war, uh, and it's a fascinating history. She's written about it in uh, her book, uh, Life of Many Colors, from Is- My Journey from Israel to America. And uh, there's a lot of, right now, just yelling and screaming about these things, but who's engaging in historical context and discussion of what you point out, <clears throat> that the Arab League said, get out, we're going to destroy and crush this thing, and you can come back in, versus the people of Jewish uh, religious faith or belief said, uh, get out versus, hey, no, we were all living pretty well in peace before this. And, you know, my mother describes being, you know, a teenager, a young child, where Jews, Christians, Muslims were at the shook, the market, the coffee shops, interacting, engaging in commerce. And it wasn't really a big deal. There was a lot, a lot of hatred and killing. It was like you lived amongst one another because you, it's in your best interest to get along. And then suddenly the globalists muck everything up. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of confusion over this. I'd love to see engagement that's, again, with integrity, without yelling and screaming. I don't know if that's possible. Well, I don't know if it is either. I've engaged in a lot of debates myself but I generally find that it's really just a a useless exercise because I'm bringing evidence and I'm bringing the facts, but on the other side, generally there's a lot of emotionalism and a lot of appeals to the uh, uh, kind of demagogic appeals. And I I find it a a useless exercise actually. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. I I wish we could get to the, the bottom of it and be able to figure out how to get along despite our differences. And I think, you know, one of the great things about this country that I love so much, America, United States, is that, you know, we welcomed everybody in. But there used to be a, a litmus. You know, you're here because you love freedom and you would, you know, acknowledge the uniqueness of the United States. You came for that freedom as opposed to what's happening now through the open borders of people coming in. They don't, you know, in any way swear allegiance to this country and its principles uh, they're looking to destroy what's left of freedom here or they could care less if it if it goes away uh so there are a lot of things as i said on our own turf or soil that are very very threatening to our ability to move forward in freedom uh versus various states of tyranny because even in, well, think about this robert if there are in, engaged acts of terrorism what have we seen through 9-11 and the patriot act which is not actually patriotic we've seen a loss of our freedom under the guise of fighting terrorism and that's not the right response either the whole thing after 9-11 was wrong every step that the united states took to meet the challenge that 9-11 posed was wrong. First off, we invaded the wrong countries. The Iraq, and Af- Iraq had nothing to do with it. And Afghanistan was a place where there was training camps for where the hijackers participated. But it was Saudis, high-level people in the Saudi government who were involved with the hijackers. And that was covered up for years. There were 28 pages out of the 9-11 Commission report that were redacted and kept secret for years. They still haven't entirely been released, but there was heavy pressure for years and years. And some of it was released that showed exactly what everybody expected, that high-level members of the Saudi government knew the hijackers, were involved with the hijackers. There was also the Islamic Republic of Iran, and this is less well-known. They are the ones that flew the hijackers into Afghanistan and got them the training and then brought them back out again and into the United States. Mm-hmm. And yet we went into Iraq and Afghanistan when the Saudi, when Saudi Arabia and Iran were the ones responsible. 
And the Patriot I, Act, as you said, it's a travesty. It's a I, I think also, the I don't know if it's naivete or if there's self-destructive or destructive forces within our own government, arguably so as well. Our foreign policy has really been horrible in some of these areas, including, you know, the idea that we would provide protection for the Saudi kingdom, despite the fact that they had no love for us, no love for freedom. They looked at us as, you know, the the, the evil, you know, whatever, the, the demonic, whatever, because we didn't have their same quote unquote values. And, you know, they didn't think of equality for women, much less people of other faiths. And I think they resented in many ways. And it kind of, built up over time to the point where, yeah, the Saudis are like, if we, if we can do something to harm them, we, we will. And now they're making allegiances or alliances with uh, enemies of the United States as well. But I think our foreign policy, we're seeing what Ron Paul also called blowback uh, in terms of, uh, you know, stupid decisions we made. I had uh, recently on the show a former CIA uh, uh, operative uh, who uh, he said after 1991 or so when the fall of the Soviet Union occurred, uh, we, they didn't have they didn't know what the mission was anymore. And so they started looking at Americans as the enemy. They started investigating homegrown terrorism and not Islamic terrorism, but just like people who believed in the Constitution were now considered enemies as opposed to what was really the threat to America. So we've been off off target for a long time. I was part of that, as a matter of fact. I used to train FBI. I actually trained CIA a couple of times, FBI many times, military groups and so on about Islam. I would teach them about the mindset of the terrorists, teaching them Quran and about the life of Muhammad. I was fired in 2011 because the Obama administration removed at that time all mention of Islam from counter-terror training materials. And they instituted the Countering Violent Extremism Program without ever defining even once who the violent extremists were. A few years later, I ended up on a list of violent extremists because now the U.S. government is committed to the idea that it's wrong, it's bad to talk about Islam in connection with terrorism. And so yeah. then they started to turn the violent extremist thing against American citizens, people protesting at school board meetings, all these kinds of things. And we see now that's why they never defined the term, because they wanted to use it against us. Mm -hmm. Now, Robert, as we wrap up here, and again, a fascinating discussion, I appreciate it. I know that there are people in this audience that might be very... Uh, you know, let's say opposed to what you're describing, but that's a, a good, it's okay. Look, we can engage in that. I don't have a problem with that, but I want to, you know, be able to communicate. I want you to be able to be heard. Um, and you mentioned one of the issues in, in removing those who removed us kind of thing uh, as one of the stumbling blocks or obstacles to any tr kind of peace or peaceful coexistence. Are there other misunderstandings or misconceptions that the international community has about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that you feel like it's not getting a fair hearing? Oh, very much so. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them. One of them is that it's about land, that if Israel just gives up some land and the, the Palestinians are allowed to establish a state, then everything will be all right. When actually the Palestinians have rejected numerous offers to allow them that would have allowed them to establish a state. Most recently in 2008, also in 2000, several other times going back to 1948, at the original partition of what was supposed to be land for the Jewish national home. The state, if the if Palestinian state were ever established, it would just be a new jihad base to launch attacks against Israel, which we saw also with the withdrawal from Gaza in 2005. The withdrawal from Gaza was supposed to allow the Palestinians to resume normal lives, and instead it just became a rocket launching base 
and the base for the attacks on October 7th. Mm -hmm. the, just the, the goal of destroying Israel is paramount. And so whatever kind of partition of the land will only just lead to the destruction of Israel. If Israel were the size of a postage stamp, they would still be waging war against it. You know, there, was there any evidence that there was some level of peaceful coexistence with Egypt after giving back some of the land to Egypt? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, because Egypt is getting paid. Egypt gets paid every year by the United States government, and that's why it doesn't invade Israel. Meanwhile, however, there is incredible anti-Israel rhetoric and anti-Semitic rhetoric all over Egyptian society. And if the U.S. ever stops paying, they'll go right in. Yeah. I know your book covers this a lot, but maybe you can give us a little insight into uh, uh, maybe an alternative approach. Obviously, here, I'm not happy that innocents are being slaughtered too, right? But that's unfortunately the casualties of, of war uh, is part of it. Uh, I'm not excusing it. I just know that this is life on planet earth and has been for thousands of years recorded history. Uh, at the same time, I'm not thrilled about it either. I'd love for there to be a peaceful option or solution. Is there another way to move forward? Well, the, one, the basic way to move forward, but it'll never happen, would be for Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan, as well as Egypt, to allow the Palestinian Arabs to move in and become citizens. They have never allowed that because they want to keep them as refugees so that they can use them as a weapon against Israel. When Political actually the Palestinian Arabs are not any different ethnically, linguistically, culturally, or religiously from the Arabs in the surrounding regions. So if they had let them in and let them settle and resume normal lives, this problem could have ended decades ago. Hmm. Do you have any uh, appearances coming up? Are you doing any lectures uh, out in the world or are you having to stay hidden because of the controversial nature of the discussion points you have? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. Uh, I, I am speaking next week somewhere, but I can't announce this kind of thing in advance because I have so many death threats. It's generally uh, circulated among a small group of people, but I have been traveling around all over. And generally, I post the videos if they're available at Jihad Watch video on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and you haven't been banned on YouTube. That's amazing. No, not yet. So wow. I'm taking it for as long as it'll last. All right. Well, Robert Spencer, again, you're doing some uh, pretty amazing work and difficult work at a time where uh, not a lot of rational debate or discussion is happening. I know it's an emotional issue for any side of this equation. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of war. I don't know anybody should be or would be, but recognize that you have a right to defend yourself if you're threatened with, uh, you know, elimination at, the, at that same point as well. So I uh, appreciate what you're doing, and uh, I hope people take the discussion points and, and dig deeper. And uh, if there's anything you disagree with, by all means, submit it too. We're, we're open to all these discussions, and I appreciate your willingness to come on and talk about it too. Thank you. Pleasure. All right, Robert Spencer, the Jihad Watch, and uh, his new book we have linked up, his uh, YouTube page as well. And, um, you know, there are other books that he's written, uh, Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. I mean, there's fascinating history there. And uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, I, I don't like the topic. I don't know who does, but I acknowledge it's difficult. I have family and friends in Israel, uh, and, you know, Dude, I'm not cheering for war at all. And I know many of you are not. At the same time, I recognize the right of self-defense, a right of existence as well. And there are arguments to be made. I acknowledge on all sides of these things. And I, you know, even having a discussions like this is not going to solve it fully. But I would ask that you go into prayerful contemplation, meditation, uh, connect with the source of all wisdom that is God, and and have it guide you. 
and hopefully we have nonviolent responses or peaceful responses, uh, but not in a way that uh, is a, a necessarily a top-down interventionist scenario. I think a lot of our problem is that we're not allowed to figure out how to get along in the midst of globalists uh, taking advantage of pawns, political pawns or political uh, divides that feed, for instance, military industrial complex scenarios or other things. So uh, it's a difficult thing. I just acknowledge it. I'm emotional when I talk about this because I don't like to see people killed at all. I recognize there are people that do horrible things to other people that you have to defend yourself against too. Uh, so as we continue on with the Robert Scott Bell show, um, Super Don, I just said, this is a, you know, this topic is as rife with divisiveness as any we could ever cover. Anything that we could ever cover. And I don't know that we'll solve it, but uh, it's I'm not, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like a lot of topics. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's one of many. Um, and it's one that, that doesn't happen uh, because of that. That's the reason yeah. why people just don't talk about it. Uh, but it is, it is an important detail. You know, it's been a long time since uh 9-11 mm -hmm. you know when 9-11 happened it of course was on everybody's mind but over time people get complacent uh and then it just becomes something that they argue about on fox news right not that you should dwell on it but at the same time you know there are some things that we should be concerned about and mm -hmm. and you know for me the thing that i've zeroed in on i mean if you look right now uh, the latest latest development here, and I, we didn't get to this with Robert Spencer, but apparently there's some bombing just just happened recently, like yesterday. Uh, because w while this Israel Gaza conflict has been going on, uh, the Iranian um, uh, uh, proxy groups, like the I think they're called the Houthis or the Houthis. It's yeah. funny. I I heard somebody on uh, who was it? It was talking. It was uh, Sean Hannity last night. Yeah, he was like, uh, "Yeah, boy, those Houthis." I'm like, "What? Like Houthi and the Blowfish?" I mean, what are we with the Houthis? Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, they've uh, there've been missiles and stuff that have been fired from these mm. these Houthis. Yeah. That are they're backed by Iran. Yep. Uh, and they've been shooting these missiles, and the the uh, military have been shooting the missiles out of the sky. And I think there was like a major barrage that took place. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like like some insane number of missiles that got fired, and and yeah. we managed to shoot them all down. And so Joe Biden, I guess, and the the military, they made a decision uh, that they're going to attack uh, these places in Yemen. Uh, in in retaliation, well, yeah, well, well, more neocon uh, activity from the so-called liberal left. Uh, you know that are pro-war. They were only anti-war when, like, I don't know, when a Republican was president, and then suddenly you realize it, they weren't anti-war. They were just they didn't like the guy who was in there and the uh, on certain policies. And well, you know, hey, do you remember uh, who was it? Who was the the guy they called the Maverick? He died. Um, oh, John McCain. John McCain, right? right? There yeah. was that one thing where he was singing bomb, 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 yeah. bomb, Iran. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been wanting to bomb Iran for a long time. No, they, look, there are bloodthirsty warmongers among us. And there's and, people on Fox right now that are calling for that. Yeah. They're just like, how come we aren't just going to cut the head off the snake? Why don't, uh, we, why don't we take it on Iran right now? Yeah. Well, what's going to happen? Let's go back to what you were talking about and you referred to with Robert Spencer. Nobody listened to Ron Paul, I swear. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had he made so much sense, you know, and the whole idea of blowback, mm -hmm. 
You know, now I'm not saying that if somebody, you know, I mean, imagine if somebody walked up to you, you were out in your yard, you know, shoveling snow mm-hmm. and they, they, they punched you, you know, I mean, what would you do? You punch them back, you know, right. or you defend yourself. Right. Or if you, if you, somebody was occupying your kitchen, you would not be happy. So uh, you would do something about it, but yeah. uh, you know, in this case, uh, not that, not that I have the answers. I'm not some kind of, you know, uh, foreign policy specialist or something, but, yeah. uh, you know, are we going to see some type of reaction from what it is that just happened yesterday? If you start, you know, listen, you, when you're dealing with uh, uh, Hamas or Hezbollah, yeah, Hamas, I think Hamas is the ones that we're dealing with right now, right? Well, that, that's or the, in, that in Israel's Gaza. dealing with. Uh, Hezbollah's up in Lebanon. Yeah, but, but Hamas, I mean, those are those are like the the, uh, the bottom of the totem pole, right? Not when you start messing with these, you know, it's higher and higher. Yeah, you're, you're related to Iran now. Yeah. You're you're dealing with people that are far more sophisticated, far more resources as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, just to finish my thought, when you got the border situation that we've talked about, yeah, uh, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned that the next 9/11 is just around the corner potentially, because of what it is that we're doing right now sure. and how we're handling it. The, our foreign policy blowing back on us, and I want to go back to the first moments when the conflagration, if you will, blew up in Israel and what happened. I said there are no clean hands. I still maintain that. As much as I may have bias built in based on, you know, family connections, other things, I'll acknowledge that. And the controversies associated with how did this even happen? You know, the greatest defense in in the world. And so I've not shied away from acknowledging that as well. I'm not a fan of Netanyahu. We know his allegiances to Pfizer, for instance, selling out his own people. So I'm not deluded about these people any more than I'm deluded about the warmongers here in the United States of America. But I will acknowledge from a value-based system of a, a, a group of people, you know, individuals coming together, anybody from the left particularly if you live an alternate lifestyle, however you want to define that LGBTQ, if you're going to live in Gaza under Hamas or Hezbollah or in Iran, you're going to be at the mildest ostracized, more likely imprisoned or even killed. I'm not exaggerating that. That's a reality. It's a value system that's quite different from those of us in the West. And I think that distinction also has to be taken into consideration. Again, this is not a justification for wanton killing and discriminate, all of that, but a right to life and defense. And what kind of society do you want to defend? One that, you know, takes women and says, you <laughs> wear scarves and heads and you can't re- reveal anything about it. you can't do it. I mean, that's just one example. And I again, I can't ignore that as well, culturally speaking, but I know it's difficult. That's why I don't like to talk about it, even though occasionally we do, because there's no way to win because you can go into the history books and go see these. The, the, the bad guys are here and then someone else could go. Well, the bad guys are there. So, as I said, there's no clean hands. But the question is, what kind of culture do we support? In terms of advancements in culture, are there not advancements in Western culture that acknowledge the rights of people who live differently, who believe differently, that don't exist within certain other cultures? Yeah. Well, this is this is where you you get into you know what he was talking about, and I just it's such an uncomfortable because I'm not an expert in this. I haven't really spent any time in in looking into the details of this, but um, when you start talking about the Muslim religion and the Quran. And the things that are listed there, um, you know, Robert Spencer's done a lot of work, and he's been around for a long time, um, and so he knows this stuff. 
but you know, there's, there's a couple of schools of thought out there, you know, one is that, you know, well, that stuff that's written there, you know, is not this, you know, it, it, we interpret it, like you said, interpret it differently. doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, go chop people's heads off or something. That's not what we're supposed to do. We don't agree with that. You know, then there's the other people that, that, that's how they believe. These are the people that we see that crossed over the border of Israel mm-hmm. and did what they did to the women and children and, and, and elderly. Okay. Um, so in or <laughs> you know, the situation in Israel between the, the Israelis and the Palestinians has been, how long has it been going on? Well, I mean, thousands been, of years, go, I guess, right? Yeah, you can go biblical and realize there's a long, long history there. At the same time, I try to always point out that if people are left alone of their own accord, they're going to find it's in their best interest to find a way to get along with people with whom they normally have disagreements. That it isn't always, hey, the best thing to just go out and But kill the question them. is, I mean, here's the question, though. Yeah. If that, it, you're right. Uh, a thousand years later, they still haven't figured out how to do that. <laughs> and so that situation, obviously, there's something unique yeah. about that situation versus just, you know, many other situations in, in in history where people have, they go, okay, you know, we have bygones be bygones, you know, yeah, there's this is not worth it. We're going to move on, something like that. That doesn't seem to happen in Israel. I mean, how long have these Israelis been persecuted? Well, if we talk about the Jewish people, of course, there's been a lot of or the attacks. Jewish people, fine, whatever. One of the you know. smallest religions by numbers of people in it on the planet. They, they've been they've been up for uh, uh, elimination by a lot of people, and of course, the controversies therein. You know, you rise to the element of banking and bankers. A lot of the Jewish people were the bankers, and so some of them involved in nefarious schemes. But to condemn the whole religion is the same uh, evil that I think would be condemning the entirety of those who have, you know, the Islam as their faith. Right. And I don't think that's what Robert Spencer was doing. We acknowledge there are those within it that don't go into the, yep, if you're not one of us, you should die. Or if you leave the faith, you should die. Now, I pointed out in both Christianity and Judaism, if you go back to Leviticus, you can go, man, there's some pretty nasty stuff there. And I, most Jews or, or Christians are not engaged in that either. But you could go back and pick those out and go, man, these are violent people too. So I think taking, oh, 100%. It, taking it <laughs> into context instead of out of context, you acknowledge yeah. that people transform in consciousness despite some of the dogmas thrown into these ancient religions. And I bring up from time to time to the annoyance of some of you, to others, the applause of the consideration that we may live more than one lifetime, maybe many. And that those who are Jewish now may have been Muslim before or Christian. And in that context, the design is set up so that we could learn through our debts. We could repay them by learning about them, not because we're being punished necessarily, but it's the design so that we would make the choice to choose God, not because we're afraid of what happens if we don't, but because we genuinely believe in love and compassion and forgiveness. A lot of the things that Christ came to teach right? Being more Christ-like. Is that a bad thing? I think that's a good thing. But the, you know, the origin of many of these religions, you can point out some of the horrific atrocities that were done in the name of God, in the name of conversion. How about nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Remember that bit from uh, from Monty Python? Python, The Spanish Inquisition was one of them. The Crusades was another. Exactly. And there's many other ones that you can look up. No clean hands. 
acknowledge that. Maybe we can go forward. I think the spiritual maturation of recognizing we live more than one lifetime is important. Many of you don't agree with me. That's fine. And in fact, some of them, you interpret that to mean you live in other lives, the same life, but in a different space or place, a heavenly kingdom before you come here. Again, I'm not here to argue, debate that, or even try to convert anybody to my belief system. That's not my point in saying it. But I think stepping back and seeing that bigger picture of what is happening and why, why do we keep making the same mistakes and we don't seem to learn? You know, why is war keep happening? All those big questions I asked as a kid and I would go to priests and rabbis and imams. I would ask these questions and they get, get out of here, kid, you're bothering me. That's my nature to want to dig deeper and find that out to help maybe resolve the patterns of behavior that end up always ending up in destruction. Now, however you define spiritual maturity, and I might define it different than you, it would be adopting a more loving and compassionate and caring kind of way of living, but also not abandoning the right of self-defense as well, which is you know a bit difficult and ugly because that can often engage in bloodshed, violence, and even death when you have to defend your life, utilizing deadly force to do so. Um, and I believe in the right of self-defense. And then we get into, again, a lot of the, the nuances and discussions are very difficult about the Israel-Palestinian thing and how much it's artificially induced by entities on both sides that benefit and profit from the ongoing conflict and war. I, I got to acknowledge that. That's why I say no clean hands. Doesn't mean there aren't innocents among those people on all sides, too. So with that, let's uh, talk one more uh, subject before we go into the bonus round, uh, and it relates to cancer. We talked about earlier this hour, the the doctors who are baffled. They don't know why there's so much cancer happening in children. Uh, and here's uh, a, a solution, one solution among many. Studies reveal the potential benefits of chlorophyll in cancer prevention and treatment, that humble substance within plants that you can get from plants. And certainly there are certain plants you can eat that contain even more of it. There are even liquid chlorophyll supplements that you can take for a lot of great benefits. Uh, and uh, there are studies that show that chlorophyll has a great benefit when you're addressing cancer. A study published in the Journal of Cancer Prevention Research tested the effects of spinach extract, for instance, on 12,000 animals, learned that there was a benefit there. Now, Superdon is put up on visually. Go ahead and put that back up. On a very simple way, if you don't want to go out and chew on leaves, you can get the benefits of chlorophyll by uh, getting some energy bits. Go to energybits.com. You've got access to both uh, the chlorophyll containing in both spirulina and chlorella. And you can get it for 20% off using the code RSB20. Make that part of your daily ingestion. And we do. Superdon does. And it's a very simple thing to integrate. So small that even there's, people that can't normally swallow pills There's can the swallow. chlorella right there. You know what's funny about the, the uh, energy bits? Mm. We, uh, you know, we'll put them in our little you know, little uh, whatever containers when we have our meals and things and eat with it. Although they are food, you can eat them without other foods. But the cat, our cat, loves them. Well, if you're not looking, she'll go into your little thing and pull bits <laughs> out and eat them. They, they yeah. So your animals could eat this stuff and do great on it. Nice. So, just saying. Yeah, I, I, I take these every day. Every day. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Chris Steiner's always bringing some good stuff. We love you, Chris. He says, just because some Muslims would persecute or even murder gays doesn't mean gays should support aggressing against them. Would it be more acceptable? Gays have to always clarify that they don't necessarily support homophobes. I mean, again, the, these are, again, the, the legitimate discussion points of when I say, why are they 
engaging in protest against, you know, the one culture in the Middle East that accepts them and allows them to live as they are. That doesn't mean I'm applauding or they should applaud, again, the wanton slaughter of innocence, which happens, unfortunately, in wars as well. There's no easy way to discuss this without somebody pointing out, hey, but this, hey, but this. I acknowledge that. That's why I don't like talking about it except to understand or explain that historically there are some perspectives here. If we can acknowledge on both sides, maybe we can find a way. You've got to find the way to break the cycle, right? Blood, blood demands blood. You know, I mean, that, that, that just, that never ends. It never ends. At some point, somebody's got to, got to stop. Yeah. And yeah. really, the both have to stop. But it's butt ugly any way you go. But uh, I, I appreciate again everybody that's engaging in the spirit of integrity to point out things that are inconvenient on either or both sides of the equation. At the same time, I'm not there. Um, if if I lived in a nation surrounded by people that wanted me dead, I might have a view that is not pleasant. Right. Uh, right now or ever. Uh, when and un- unless you're in that situation, you can't really say that you know how they feel or you don't, you know, it's it's really easy to armchair quarterback sure. <laughs> a lot of these situations, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, thank, thank goodness we're not we're not in the middle of that. And, and yes. um, you know. And, and thank you all for your indulgence in covering these topics from time to time, even though it's not the mainstay of the show itself. Uh, we don't shy away from these controversies. I hope that Ultimately, that we're elevating the consideration, concerns, discussion points, even even if there are disagreements among those that come to this show, whatever, uh, that we're better for having the discussion, for talking about it. So let's take a break here. If you guys want to stick around for the bonus round, we'll be back in like 60 seconds or less. We'll talk about something else. Well, something else. We'll bring up something else. Yes. Anyway, thank you all. Thanks to my guest today. And uh, uh, God bless you all. The power to heal is still yours. All right. Can we change the topic? I awesome. cars when I was a kid. What? Yeah, bumper car is great. So, <sighs> that was some of you. you, you I, I'm sure you you've done bumper cars before, right? You don't see them much anymore. No, not so much. I mean, you know the the, the long thing with the electrical thing. Yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved bumper cars. Those were fun. Now you need a chiropractor every time you get off of one of those. That's things, true. Which, you know, That's true. They they were yeah, not it's pleasant. Like whiplash machines is what they are. I remember way back in the day. Yeah. I was just a little kid, and I found recent. I, I found when I dug for it, I found like an old black and white advertisement that was in a newspaper. There was a mall, a shopping mall nearby where I grew up, and mm-hmm. in the basement of the mall, they had an arcade, and the arcade also had bumper cars in it. I miss those days of the arcades. You know, arcades were the cool place to go. Um, but I can remember being, you know, just a little kid and then riding around with my dad in a bumper car. And uh, he'd let me drive, and I, of course, you know, purposely would try and crash into people and things and stuff, because that's the whole idea. <clears throat> and then, like you said, you get done, and your neck hurt for a week. <laughs> but uh, those were the days, the days of bumper cars. All right. Uh, snow started falling where you are? No, it's supposed to happen later on today. And we're, we've got a, uh, a winter weather advisory. Mm-hmm. They're saying uh, anywhere in this area, it's a pretty good size uh, area here where I'm at, a, anywhere between 8 to 18 inches Wow! in the next 24 hours or so. So we'll see. 
I'm just trying to check to see what's coming for me as well while we're here heading to the weekend. By the way, I don't know what we're doing for the Sunday conversation. I feel like it's hard to keep up with that as much as I love doing it, like yeah. on top of our, our live shows. But I really do love the in-depth discussions, the things that we learn about folks. You know, and those of you miss Corey Sidlow, uh, retired from the Coast Guard last week. Another right. great, you know, dive deep dive into you know why you believe what you believe the backstory the history i mean it's it's fascinating for me all of these things we get to do with the sunday conversation so i'd like to figure that out wish we had a, a more advanced calendar on that but we're hard i'm hard pressed to keep up with our weekday show honestly yeah um i need to figure that i need to, i need to figure out a way to get that into the regular uh routine of the week because yeah. it seems things. it's one of those things that kind of gets put on the back burner and then we wonder about what we're going to do yeah. on sunday uh at the last minute so um yeah i'll try and figure something out i mean worst <laughs> case scenario will be you and me maybe i could do an interview robert scott bell part two uh, well, i thought that was good the first one that we did did you well i i, I thought you enjoyed it in fact i i I, I, I pretty much kind of you you were not expecting the directions I, I that you, I went. So yeah, you definitely caught me off guard with the, the questions you were I, asking. I'm not gonna me. I'm not gonna throw you a softball interview. I mean, come yeah, on. I know. It's like so. It's what like do you think about the FDA, Robert time. Scott Bell? Do you like homeopathy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, come on. It's like it's like you get me back for all the things I do. Right? Yeah. It was. It wasn't. No. It was. I was right. thinking of uh, Lillian McDermott. She just interviewed me for her show. Mm -hmm. uh, she would be a good interview, whether it's this weekend or another one. I uh, just thinking she's well. Got we can see if she's available, cool, right? Cool. Yeah, she's got great history story and uh, to share, and she's a good, kind-hearted, loving person, you know. And I appreciate that as well. Of course, I don't tend to want to bring up people that are filled with hate, rage, spite, and all of that. No, it's not fun. No, oh, I don't. Oh, I don't okay. tend to like that. But I guess I guess you could ask the question of why do you feel that way and you would learn something for sure if you if you're willing to listen and maybe you go oh okay now i know why so but again california california condor condor over on uh rumble says bumper cars are cool they are cool <laughs> i can't remember last time i was in a bumper car it's been a while and yeah. i don't know how i don't know i probably would not handle it as well today as i did 20 years ago uh, yeah, I'm not particularly interested in getting into a bumper car at all. No, oh, no. come on. I'm not. I'm just You kidding. and me, bumper cars. Well, what we would be doing is uh, you'd probably be chasing me because I'd be trying to avoid getting hit. Ah, okay. You know, gotcha. Like race Lori, around the thing. Lori Harvey says uh, go-karts go -karts are, are cooler. cooler. I agree because you're not intending to crash. Yeah. yeah. Funny, I saw a, a, a picture. There's. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more interested on Facebook in uh, the like the nostalgia type groups where they bring mm -hmm. up stuff from you know our childhood and stuff. Yeah, where I grew up, uh, and I think this was a chain, but uh, it was the Malibu Grand Prix, yeah, um, car thing where it was like a cart, and they were like they had like the 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 cars were like little Formula little, One racer yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. cars, something like that. And I right. can remember going there and uh, and driving those things around. Those things were nuts. They, they went pretty fast. I remember, yeah. um, oh, this is going back to Six Flags Over Georgia back in the day. Uh, they had these things called the Hanson cars. These are a memory just coming back to me. They were like old buggies or like Model T kind of thing. So it was like not, nothing like go-karts or anything. They oh, would go Disneyland really had something like that. 
Yeah, but some of my friends were a little bit mechanically inclined, and while you, they were on the ride, they would open up, they lean re- out, open up the you know the the hood or whatever the lat, and then they go in and pull, remove the, the governor, uh, you know that limits the thing, and then they start going fast, and I and I think at least a few of my friends got thrown out of Six Flags for doing that back in the day, uh, but they should have been riding go karts, not those slow Hanson cars. Is that what that is? That is exactly what that is, right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Or looks right like here, Six Flags. I don't know if that still exists, but yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing. They had the same thing. Get yeah, so here. they'd lean over, open up that little hood, and they know because they were mechanically inclined, they knew where the governor that limits the the revs, if you will, on the engine. They'd pull uh-huh. it, and then you'd start hearing it, and they'd go on fast. <laughs> and I guess they thought they wouldn't get caught, but I think some of them got thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Disneyland had one of those where it had the the metal rail that would go down yeah. the middle so that you couldn't drive off the track. Right. Um, that was one of the things you remember trying been. to drive off the track, hitting it, right? Hitting clank, it clank, yeah. clank, clank. Well, I had my, I, I was small yeah, and I had a, obviously a parent with me, so I couldn't get too crazy, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Been a long time. You know, there's a six flags not terribly far from here. Oh, really? Um, where you are? Yeah. I'm trying to remember where it's at. It's like halfway, like between here and, uh, the Bay area. Are you, uh, thinking of taking the grandkids when they get I'm bigger? I'm thinking about it. They're yeah. at the age now, with the exception of Autumn. Um, they're all old enough now that, uh, of course, I don't know if I want to take them all. That'd be mm-hmm. that'd be a lot. But, um, yeah, they're kind of at that age now where they are they can appreciate something like that and have fun with something like that. So maybe we'll see when the when the weather gets better. What I want to do is, is do another trip to the coast. I like I like the ocean. And that trip that I did take for that week was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Would not mind doing that again. Yeah, hey, I noticed uh you changed the cover photo of the fans of the Robert Scott Bell show and of course the Robert on on, on Facebook. I did. And if you go check that out, um that's about as close as I can give you a sneak peek of what to expect with the new website because I stole that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the colors are shifting, a little warmer colors. I think it's, uh, again, really going to be a nice, adi- uh, a simpler, cleaner look to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, you can see what's developing there. And again, that's thanks in part to those of you who are directly supporting us through the Patreon, um, um, you know, I guess site for the set for the show uh it helps us to to make these things possible and make it better and easier for you to navigate this so um thank you for all your support there and did we did we confirm or decide on um an ama this month we talked about it but i don't know we if talked we about it i don't it. think we i don't think we made I think, it well, we, we were going to go either the 24th or the 31st that's what i think um i think the 24th is a wednesday so we did the saturday one last month so as of now, there's nothing on Wednesday afternoon after the show, uh, the 24th of January. Hold on. Let me get the calendar up. Yeah. So I'm going to make an executive decision. If you agree that we'll do our next zoom AMA for a patron support family. Um, 23rd or the 30th, I think is what you're saying, right? No, 24th or the 31st or 31st. Okay. So, so what do you want to do, do? Let's do uh, the 24th Wednesday. We'll be at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the next Zoom AMA. For those of you who are patron supporters that can uh, join us live on Zoom, that'll be when we'll do this month. So you have time to sign up to be with us live. 
January 24th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. 7 to 9 Eastern. By I'm, way, you, I'm Pacific time. You remember when Janice was describing how she would take some of the uh, 100% whole food supplements and 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 hit them with a hammer? Remember what she was talking <laughs> yes, about? Yes, in a, in a plastic bag. She in was a saying, plastic yeah. bag. Talk about plastic nanoparticles. Like, <laughs> no, we were all like, no. Um, yeah. My wife and I, we found a mortar and pestle and we bought it and sent it to her as a, just as a thank oh, you. Oh, very nice. So hopefully she'll get a picture of her actually crushing it without adding actual plastic nanoparticles to her supplements. There you go. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie was there. She was so funny. I was like a hammer. Really? But anyway, lots of uses for hammers and that's not one of them. I don't think, I think a mortar pestle, if you want to crush up your supplements, that would be the way to go. Yeah. Oh, Leslie says she doesn't have a meeting schedule that one Wednesday day. So we, we're going to have Leslie uh, join us on that. And that was going to be great. Yeah. There's a Sunday conversation that would be good, huh? You haven't had, you haven't talked with Leslie in a while. Leslie, we've done a Sunday conversation, haven't we? It's been a while, I, though. I think so. I mean, if you want to do another one, I'm always open for it. Um, Is she in the chat room right now? Yeah, she she's in the chat room right now. All right. Yeah. I don't know. You up for it, Leslie? Yeah. Tomorrow sometime, maybe? Yeah. Or are you wanting to do it this afternoon? No, probably tomorrow. Okay. Easier. So we can look at that as a possibility, too. Yeah, we did it at the family union, not reunion. Yeah, well, when was that? I'm still on the air, Seth. Hey, buddy, I'm still on the air. What are you doing calling me now? No, I'm not off the air. I'm still on the air. I do a bonus round. We keep going. <laughs> of course. I, as soon as I'm off the air, I will send it to you. All right, see you. Bye. Some people... Some people just are not patient. They can't wait. I See, need that, it now. Yes. I know. We all need it now, right? So that was in July. Yeah. That was seven months ago. Mm-hmm. I think you could do another one. She says she's available. Yeah. Oh, I, look, I love Leslie. You know, Leslie, I love your family and your integrity, your openness, your engage. I mean, all of those things. I mean, I could sing the praises of Leslie. She's hosting the RSB family reunion now as well. The show uh, reunion. And uh, just she, to me, is a great living example of someone who has deeply held beliefs, convictions, and principles, but also loves people enough to want to listen and learn from people and enjoy that. I mean, that, to me, that's like makes me happy because I love doing that. I love seeing other people doing it. I think in that way, we, we make the, the greatest impact on overcoming all the divisiveness division we talk about, even the difficulty in talking about Israel-Palestine stuff. You know, as I said, when, when they were left alone, you figured out a way to like, hey, what are you all about? Let's get together, have a coffee. Whatever. And, and then the globalists come in and muck it up on all sides for their profit. And, you know, and like I said, that's why I say no real clean hands in that regard. Doesn't mean the people on the ground are all in, but it's just, it's not something I can solve. I'm not deluded enough to think I could. And even as I pray and wish that there was peace, uh, I recognize that, you know, thousands of miles away and now our buddy Kevin is there. Uh, makes it even more, you know, uh, I would love to see peaceful resolution to these things. Uh, at the same time, there's a lot of invested players that don't want peace at all costs, right? And, and some on both sides. I acknowledge that. Uh, that's why it's a difficult subject because even if you say some, one thing that's true and accurate, someone can come in and say, this is also true and accurate. Like, <sighs> yeah. 
I, I couldn't do a show on this subject every day. I'd go bonkers. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. To, but to drop in once in a while, it's not a problem. I think it's important to have these discussions. So yeah, but don't, and don't yell at us. Yeah, we we we, we stick to the uh, the health uh, topics and stuff like that. Ninety ninety percent of the time, right? Something like that. Ninety something yeah. percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have a question from. It's just coming from our personal chat room. I just put it in at Facebook too. Be wise, be strong. Says Robert. What do you know about the new selenium offered by Choose to Be Healthy? Innate response version no longer available. I think that they're back ordered, uh, but I've I utilize some of the innate response still. But uh, uh, the food research selenium is very good, very whole food. So once they have that back in stock, if they're out of stock, uh, absolutely the uh, the food research brand is something we're utilizing a lot more of, and I definitely feel like that's an uh, more than adequate replacement for the innate response where they're compromising some of their products. The new selenium the offered by choose to be healthy. Yeah. That's the food research. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes. I did not, I did not know. I mean, but we're still using the, uh, the, uh, the innate, right? Well, I still have There's, some innate and I use it, but uh, I just know the company as we know behind it had been kind of, Compromise abandoning some yeah. of their principles, right? And this is why the food research is coming. So, are you saying that us. we will be moving to the uh, we should be moving to the food research uh, version then? Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yes, What's the difference? Get it. Uh, is it well, sourced no, the same or is it yeah, no compromise or? in terms of ingredients as far as okay. binders or other added, you know, excipients, things like that? Because I think the wasn't the selenium from innate, it was like from yeast or something. I yes, think. but but again, the problem is not that. The problem is that they've now compromised some of the ingredients. No, no, no. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, yeah, they're adding wood pulp. Leslie says, cellulose. It's oh, like, really? Why, why are they doing that? In the innate selenium? selenium. Yeah. Oh shoot! I just bought some. Well, like I said, it's to me, it's not <laughs> enough to to be. I won't take it ever again. Okay. All but right. in the as we move forward, transitioning over to, this is one transition I can support. Over okay. to the food research selenium E. And that you can get from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. Use the code RSB5 to get a discount there as well. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because I know there was a period of time we were we were looking at uh different stuff and what was it that that, that some people uh were using mustard seed? Well, yeah, my friend Dr. Ed Group, who's a great guy. I love yeah. him. He's a, a really heart-centered man as well. He used mustard seed. Uh Chris Barr, not a doc, never liked that. He said there was no evidence to show that it was more efficacious or absorb, you know. And I don't know the answer to that if it's been done since then. But uh, you know, some people use it. I hope I hope it's 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 good for you. Um, but I still have some innate response. Still taking it as I'm transitioning over to the uh, the food research too. Did you get some? Then you got some selenium in your order. Yeah, I got okay. I got I got the whole shebang. I got the yeah, the it, miss, it's missing yeah. link and the the chromium and the selenium and the yeah. What else? Oh, a bunch of canjest. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh Heal man, that, man I still. Oh. You got to deal with it, buddy. It's a teaspoon, right? Did I yeah. get it? <sighs> level teaspoon. In warm water. Boy. <laughs> I had a, I, I, I took a, a drink of that uh, uh, before, I don't know, it was before dinner last night. Mm -hmm. About an, I don't know, about an hour before dinner. And yeah. Boy, that was tough to get down. <laughs> I, I know some people say that you can put like, you know, honey or, or whatever in it and stuff. But, mm -hmm. I know, will do, you know, the, the uh, occasionally, 
on coffee days, you know, I'll make my version of a uh, bulletproof, right? I'll add coconut oil, coconut mana and uh, MCT and uh, butter, sometimes ghee, all organic pasture and stuff. And, and you put it in the coffee? Yeah. With, with raw honey, organic raw honey. Really? And you can, and it's okay. Dude, it's a treat. It's like a special treat. Even though you put the can just in it? No, no. I apologize. I didn't put oh, the can just in it. Because okay. usually, well, well, yeah. you, I guess you could. If How do you warm. take the can just? Do you just slam it? Just, just I just as, slam it. Yeah, I don't particularly care for it, but it's not. I, uh, I will vomit when I do it. Some people are like, ugh. Other people will mix it with things, and that's fine. But you could put it in your coffee as long as now, it's not piping <clears> hot. I, I wouldn't defile my coffee with can just. No. Yeah. No, that's I my, don't either. That's, that's my treat. Yeah. Um, Leslie says best after dinner. Now I thought you're supposed to do it before dinner on an empty stomach. Well, the thing is because of the impact on the entire GI I tract, including the liver, it's good to take it after dinner because is it? yeah, the nighttime sequence in your body, you talk about when you sleep, your body is now moving into a different phase of function. And in, in fact, focusing a lot on liver processes and digestive processes, but mostly liver. So I have not, no, I'm not opposed at all to that. I think it's good. You could take it at night before you go to bed. You know, that's not a problem. It'd be a good thing to do. Hmm. Okay. I thought I, I must have misunderstood. I thought you were supposed to do it before you eat on an. Look what Leslie does. Leslie puts her can just in her hot cocoa, and she says it's raw cacao, uh, raw milk, and maple syrup. Nice. I haven't done it with maple syrup. I did it with the raw honey. And uh, it's lovely. It's just like a special treat. I guess you could do rock a cow too. That would be interesting. Chocolate coffee, Super Don. Does that sound delicious? Chocolate coffee? Yeah. I've tried what people call chocolate coffee and it's no. not for you. No, you know what I do is I get, um, there's a couple of different brands that I've tried mm -hmm. of the coffee. It's organic. Yeah. Uh, but I like to put, uh, heavy whipping cream in it if I can find it. Oh, there you is, go. Which is hard to find organic. Yeah. Um. So I end up having to sometimes just go with half and half, which is much easier to find. Yeah. I wish you um, could find a, like a, a a local dairy that you can buy direct from, where you get the real raw fresh. Cream. I might be able to. I mean, I just I'm just I'm kind of green on the whole thing, so I'm still you know figuring stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um. We're going actually to the butcher this weekend to get meat because that's been the biggest uh, struggle. Although I yeah. did find that the, the Kroger, the Fred Meyer had had organic um, chicken drumsticks. Oh, okay. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, th that's like the cheapest part of the chicken you can, <laughs> you yeah, can buy. I'm if, like, if you drumsticks like, are cool. If you like, yeah, if you like chicken, drumsticks are cool. They have some yeah, you just season them and, and yeah. bake them and, and yeah. you got... You got your meat, right? Also, sometimes you can go into the Kroger, Fred Meyer, whatever, and they'll have a section of grass-fed stuff. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, it's like close to expiring. It gets you get a deal on it. They so have their own. It's like market side butcher, grass-fed, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but I like going to the butcher directly, like you're doing. That's a great way to do it. That's what we're gonna do, mm -hmm. and we'll see. Maybe we can get a good deal, and we can share it with the kids or something. But. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's been the struggle. The vegetables, no problem. Yeah. Um, other stuff, you know, uh, rice and, you know, stuff like that, not a big deal. That stuff's easy to find. Meat, okay. that's been the, and oh, right. this weekend, I'm going to be making mayonnaise. I'll have to let you know how that turns out. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. I mean, people that make their own, as you say, they never go back. If you've heard that, they're like, yeah. why would I ever buy a store-bought? And you get control you. the ingredients. You can do the right saturated fats, none of the, none of the vegetable oils. And it's like, wow. Yeah, why yep. not? 
I got my uh, I got a half a gallon of uh, avocado oil. Wasn't cheap, but I'm just figuring yeah. out here. But and then that's going to be the next thing is trying to find out what is the 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 best uh, cheapest oil is. that I can. Leslie use. has got you covered. She's they've got a cow that they're going to butcher, and they have seventy <laughs> chickens coming in March. So place your orders now, folks. Ah, uh, yes. You 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 pack it in dry ice and maybe we'll it. have some of that at the uh, RSB family reunion. Let's see. Chris is making coffee, straining it through a fine tea strainer without a filter to keep its good fats. Add cacao, pumpkin spice, and MCT, medium train triglycerides, oil, mm-hmm. and coconut milk, and agave with stevia and raw sugar like sucanut too. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> well, it's a it's a blend. I mean, a half a an hour blend, later, right? I finished my coffee and then it was cold. Yeah. So. Leslie says you're going to beat her to the mayo. She's not made her own mayo, apparently. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it. We've got one of those immersion blenders, you know, the yeah. handheld stick things. Do you have um, a, a recipe that you're going to go with? You know, I'm going to look it up again. I saw it on YouTube where yeah. there's a, a homesteader lady that makes these really cool videos on how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, here's how you do it, you know, and it's like, here's the oil and you crack the eggs and you put the little bit of the, the mustard and some vinegar mm-hmm. in it and just, and you've got mayonnaise. Dude, look at so. this. Leslie's uh, I'm fasting today, Leslie. Thanks for sharing uh, two sheep. Also, we will have at the family reunion, lamb, chicken and beef meals are going to be offered too. So, and then not to be outdone, Chris. What? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Put that up. You, you go ahead and take it over there. There you go. For enemas, I make coffee without a filter in order to keep its good fats too. Oh, all right. All right. Get a little. Yeah. But what about the, uh, what about the pumpkin spice? I mean, Come on. Everybody I mean, likes a little pumpkin spice. A little pumpkin spice. A little rump rumpkin spice. Rumpkin. <laughs> rump, I, yeah. What, what kind of coffee do you have? Rump roast. <laughs> That's my blend. That is funny. Oh, geez. Anyway. All right. We're getting silly now. That's good. It's a good sign. We've recovered from the seriousness of the show today. And there was some serious stuff. Yeah, uh, I got to call Jonathan E. Moore, talk more about uh, going out to support his campaign in this month and, and or February, as well right. as other events. I was invited back to uh, Jim Baker's ministries, the PTL. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Apparently they liked me, what I had to say on the last show. Nice. So I may be flying back out in February. You need to get one of those uh, white, uh-huh. like perms. Yeah. You know, hairstyle. Why? You know? Well, that's what the, that's what the televangelists have. They, they they get like the perms and it's like white hair, and you could fit I, right in. Yeah, I don't think so. You can you can AI that if you want to. I guess. <laughs> was there some so, ar- article I was supposed to review on uh, Chat GPT? Or is that something we'll talk about later? Yeah, that's that's later. In okay. fact, yeah, we'll chat for just a few minutes after we're done here. Okay. Anybody so, else got anything on Rumble? Anywhere else? Questions, comments? Uh, remember to join us on uh, our Patreon channel uh, for all the extra b- bonus benefits you get, plus the Zoom AMA. We've determined what date it will be, a Wednesday, the 24th of January at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So that we have determined. Yes, sir. All right. So it looks like Leslie, uh, tomorrow we'll figure out a time. Um, she'll, she'll we'll have a like- fun talk. She'll be our Sunday. She can even, uh, you know what? She's one of those that I could have on and I can interview her and she can interview me simultaneously. That has not been Mm -hmm. done. That could be interesting. Just thinking. Why not? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks. It's been a great week and we've had some great conversations, great guests. Uh, You guys have a good weekend. We'll be back with uh, Leslie. Leslie Goody. 
on uh, Sunday and then back in studio on Monday. You guys have a good weekend. For those of you that are uh, going to be hammered by this crazy uh, cold front coming from the north, records, they're saying hundreds of records could uh, could be broken with this yeah. the, the temperatures, that's, uh, the, the cold temperature that's coming mm-hmm. from the north. Um, be safe and uh, be careful shoveling snow, apparently. Well, take your cardio miracle so your cardiovascular yes. system is not stressed by doing it. You know, you hear about that people that are not in shape suddenly do that and they keel over. Cardio Miracle, y'all. We got an upcoming uh, webinar. So sign up for that for free. Join us live if you can. That's in the show notes. All yeah. right, guys. Listen, have a good uh, afternoon, good weekend, and we'll see you guys on Monday.